It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Isaac, Eric, Steve, Sean, and Caleb. Listen in as they discuss the 2005 film, Star Wars Episode 3 Revenge of the Sith. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, those in between unaffiliated to the Star Wars event with uh, with all our hosts again. We have Eric, Sean, and Steve, Gail and myself again. Welcome, everybody. How is everybody doing tonight? Poor. Uh, Jeez. Great. Not drunk enough. Yeah, I'm getting there. Oh, not drunk at all. I don't have a drink. Oh I'm working on my second. I gotta go grab one. At this point in time, uh, is there any other Star Wars events happening is as andor finished is it wrapped up yep okay what's the next big thing is it the ahsoka show or is no. it mandalorian season three uh bad batch is imminent okay oh. oh okay how imminent is it gonna drop on new year's uh i think it's very I, it might be before then um and then right after it finishes it'll go right into mandalorian season three okay Noted. So I, I kind of like this that we're like doing these alongside of like as as Lucasfilm or at least as Disney is releasing their Star Wars stuff. I don't know. It just puts context into this. So and and to see if this film will be affected at all by anything. But uh, yeah, it's Revenge of the Sith again. And this time, I got my visual dictionary in front of me where I was supposed to have it last time. This is this is the book that this is basically just the world building book. I think it's similar to what Eric had. No, that was something different. But like. This basically has like all like you know little uh, narratives and or gives you some background into like you know various things within the Star Wars universe. In this case, Episode Three. So I will like you know mention stuff offhandedly about it, uh, but we'll do that for later. For now, um, let's start with Sean. I will ask you, uh, what are your thoughts on Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith, sir? Yeah, initial thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> initial thoughts. Uh, you know, it just gets getting worse and worse. Uh, we did Phantom Menace, then we did whatever it's called, uh, Attack of the Clones. And it was, uh, I saw this, the last time I watched this movie was in the theater, uh, in 2005 with my mom. And I walked out of it liking it. And I think I even got it on DVD. I bought it or whatever, just because I'm a completionist. And, but I never watched it. And now I'm watching it on Blu-ray, uh, for this. And this is a bad movie. It's a bad movie. It's bad. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a bad movie. I can't get away from it. And there was one point where I just turned the movie off. I had to go watch something else. And then I came back and finished the movie. Um, How anybody could sit through this and you know it's a it's a uh, i'm i'm done that's my initial thoughts go ahead fair fair enough um 
thank you, sir. Uh, Steve, we'll go over to you now. Uh, what are your thoughts, initial thoughts, of Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith? Well, I'm going to be the exact polar opposite of Sean. I, I love this movie. What? Oh, boy. <laughs> Discourse already. Let's go. I, I don't even have to watch the movie. I, I've, I've watched it so many times, over wow. and over and over. Oh, oh let's my go. God. And uh, I think it's one of the better Star Wars movies. Uh, it's definitely the oh. best in the... Shut up! I think it's one of the. <laughs> I think it's the best prequel oh. film out of the three for sure. Mm. Um, but uh, if I was it going to incorporate anything outside of the original trilogy, it would be this one. Oh my god! Okay, interesting. I can't believe I have a podcast with you. Oh, just wait till Eric gives his thoughts. Oh yeah. What? What are my thoughts? <laughs> All right, hang on, hang on, hang on. I forgot to ask. Uh, I'll ask both of you this, uh, Sean. What was your best thing if you could find something in your worst thing if you, if you find oh it. yeah absolutely um i do have a best thing um there is something that i loved in this and that was, no 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 it's general grievous i love this character i i just wanted to see like a fucking backstory of this character like in a um oh my god i'm gonna say it like no like in not a marvel movie but like when they would, when Tim Burton did the Batman movies, and you'd see the Joker's or origin story, and you'd see penguins. I wanted to see his origin story because the the this 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 robot fascinated me because he was obviously some type of. And I ended up um, when uh, Padme told Anakin that she was pregnant, which takes about ten minutes. Um, I looked on my phone to look at the background of General Gri- General Grievous, and I'm like, "Holy shit! They could have made a whole movie about this." And as somebody on Facebook told me, they did in the Clone Wars cartoons. Every time you say something negative about Star Wars, the Clone Wars cartoons that were kind of no, I don't care. I don't give a shit. Uh, what was the qu- the rest of the question? Uh, what was your, your <laughs> I can give you Grievous's backstory I'll give you that later but um, uh-huh. what was your oh, best no. thing and what was your worst thing I know the whole movie could be like let's not get that broad but just like if, if you could like name like maybe a specific thing what was your worst thing about this movie oh it's the acting it's it's absolutely the acting I, I don't know hmm. I, I think these people these people well with the exception of Hayden Christensen these people are well established actors by now I think Natalie Portman can be forgiven but even Samuel Jackson. Oh, let's save this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I just there's the, and 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 Emperor Palpatine, who was pretty good in the first two movies. In this is just like his O face when he's reacting to. <laughs> I I said okay, I'm done. Go ahead, everybody else. Talk. All right, fair enough. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Steve, now to you. What is your best thing and worst thing about this? Film? I, it, it's like the polar opposite. So bizarre. It's like <sighs> looking in the mirror. Very much. Um, <laughs> sounds like it. Uh, I I. I guess the good things I I like the the lightsaber battles at the end okay. between Palpatine and Yoda and Obi Wan and Anakin Vader. Uh, the thing I didn't like and I think makes the movie age poorly is just the reliance on the green screen technique. Um, it's it's so obvious now. It's I didn't notice it back then, but today in modern times looking at it, it's kind of like it's an over reliance on it. It's this is ridiculous. Just too, <laughs> well, let's move on. Let's, me or? Let's, uh... Yeah, no, no. What? Where's Steven? What have you done with him? Okay. <laughs> this doesn't enough. surprise right. me. But... <laughs> uh, Eric, you're next. What did you think of Revenge of the Sith? Well, easily my favorite of the prequels. 
But even when I rank like the Star Wars movies overall, um, in the last f- five or eight years or so, um, I I tend to rank it higher than Return of the Jedi. Um, so I even place it there in the overall scheme of things. Get a pillow here. <laughs> why, why is that? Why is that, Eric? Is it because of the Ewoks? Yeah, that's the thing. Because like the goofier parts of Jedi have graded on me more in the, over the last ten years. That it, it it makes me like dislike the film more overall um, in ways I didn't really consider like when I was a lot younger. I mean, even in my twenties. Understandable. Um, that good. That good. That good. I think this one has just as many goofy bits. Yeah. Oh, it does, and I don't care for that either in this particular movie. But the difference is that I kind of do feel the the deep emotional parts. I feel a little bit more in Sith versus the deep emotional parts that come up in Jedi. Hmm. So that's that's how Jesus. Sith edges it out for me. But they're they're kind of close though, still in my overall ranking. Um, yeah, and. Other than that, just like all the prequels, for me, I loved them all initially when I saw them in the theater. Mm-hmm. It was just like after they came out on DVD, because um, Blu-ray didn't come for way later. Uh, once they came out on DVD and I like watched them more, that's when I started getting a general distaste for each of them in their own times. Mm-hmm. And this, and I went through the same arc like with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but good, yeah. Uh, so your best thing about the film and the worst thing about the film? Um, I was always, even though it's like a sad, depressing part, I was always a big fan of the Order 66 stuff um, and, and that dark turn in the movie, no pun intended. Uh, and just like the last five or ten minutes... Um, when they when they put the twins where they put them, those two sections, I, I just always love those sections of the movie. Always have and still do. And your worst thing? The worst thing, and this has probably changed over the years because what I'm going to say now this is probably the first time this has come to the top of my list of the worst things in this movie. Um, I I still like. When I really focus on the turn of Anakin by Palpatine, like it, it still doesn't even work. Even though I've seen all the Clone Wars and they help mm-hmm. add to it in the Clone War, like add to the understanding, even d- despite that, it still is too jarring and it like Anakin just loses like all sense. And I get I understand yeah. that he's guided by his emotions. That's very clear. But how could someone so gifted as him um and i know it's possible but it's not shown in this story or doesn't exist anywhere um to explain like this complete diabolical turn uh by contrast um with some of the clone wars stuff especially recently um with with far fewer minutes of storytelling in clone wars they are much more able to explain count dooku shifting um, from a Jedi to uh, to to being a Sith, in in like forty minutes or thirty minutes of screen time total in Clone Wars, that's more believable than the hundreds of minutes out there of Anakin. Like it, no, it, it just doesn't just doesn't work. 
Are you talking about? I'm sorry. Do, are you talking about Clone Wars, the 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 show, yeah. or Clone yes. Wars the movie? Okay. Yes. In 30 minutes of that animated stuff, you can understand okay. Dooku's turn. Whereas Anakin, with hundreds of minutes, it still okay. doesn't fully make sense to me. Um, I'm sorry. It's not my turn. I'll just be quiet. I don't have the talking stick. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, Caleb, it's your your next. What do you think of uh, Episode Three, Reds of the Sith? Oh, I hated it. Yeah, and the thing with this movie, the thing that pisses me off every single time I watch it, is the only Star Wars movie that I can watch, and get tricked every time, because for the first maybe hour or so, it's actually pretty good. There's a mix of some like awkward acting and some stupid humor, but that's kind of to be expected with Star Wars these days. But there's so much good that they just completely ruin by the last half. That I'm just, I'm almost fuming. I'm just yeah. like, wow, they just yep. fucked it. They fucked it all up. And the whole prequels, they fucked up in one movie. Like, they weren't great in the other two. But this just makes them worthless. And as a little kid, uh, by the time this movie came out, I was always, I was already kind of like, uh, these these prequels, especially Attack of the Clones, like, they didn't, I don't know, these, these aren't really working for me. And then seeing this, I was just like, okay, I'm done with Star Wars. And I didn't come back for many, many years. So, How old were you? I was 11, I think, when this came out. So Caleb lost his soul at age 11. But did you still revisit the originals at all? Or are you just completely like... like? Oh, I was so pissed. Yeah, I didn't watch any Star Wars again until around... Probably like 2012, I think, is when I finally came back. And I still love those originals. But I was just like, nah, these, just, these, these are not Star Wars to me. I remember, I remember the rhetoric back then was that George Lucas ruined my childhood. That was kind of the whole thing. Yeah. There was, there was uh, that fan film, uh, The People versus George Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there were other problems with that. Yeah, I hated the whole George Lucas rape my childhood, but I always thought that was a really tasteless joke being passed around by the fan. Well, it, it was in South Park. It was pretty tasteless. Yeah, I'm I never sorry. liked that. <laughs> Isaac, Isaac, what what did you think about? Oh no, yeah. no, no! Hang on, hang on. Uh, Caleb, your best thing and your worst thing, please. Uh, my best thing is actually a pretty quiet moment. Um, it takes place right after Anakin tells Mace Windu about uh, oh yes Palpatine, yeah. and then we see him sitting in the council, and he's so emotionally distraught that he's kind of reaching out to Padme, and she she feels it but doesn't really understand what what she's feeling, and she gets up and looks in the window. It's just this great little quiet moment between the two of them. I think that's a really beautiful scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, my worst thing is the same as Eric. Just the the light switch turn. It just ruins the whole series, and it just just it, in my opinion, cheapens even the original trilogy. If you if you want to count these in continuity, it's like wow, everything was just just ruined by that moment. So that's why I can't consider these continuity, or else it just makes me soured on the original trilogy too. <laughs> so. So go ahead, Isaac. Take take it away from me. Thank you for that, uh, Caleb. Um, so I, again, I stand here, actually split. There's we're, we're, we are very much divided. We have two people who are uh, more more positive on this, uh, obviously with some uh, dislikes in it. And then there's obviously others who or two others who extremely dislike this. I I'm not going to take a third option. Well, maybe I am, but I sit myself down is watching this in like again a meta sense just like an attack of the clones where i'm not watching this to get enjoyment out of it i'm watching <laughs> how do i put this I, I i'm it. watching george lucas like 
descent into madness. Oh, that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> okay. I see what you mean. Yeah, I get what you mean now. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, so this this is like you know, this is the third. It's the third film that he's like done in this prequel trilogy, and he's gotten backlash from both sides, from everybody, from fans and um, detractors of this film or his heroes. Film, excuse me. On both sides, exactly. Oh, Heroes Jesus. on both sides. Evil yes. is everywhere. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, he he tried probably so hard, and not only that, but he kind of also realized mm. he uh, wrote himself into a corner. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah. Sorry, I know I'm probably giving my initial thoughts, but he wrote himself into a corner because of attack, like because of you know, well, Anakin has to you know turn the dark side, right? Uh, it was you know that's how Darth Vader was made or was created in the originals, at least how they said it was. So how do we depict that on screen? And he's like, huh, I should have thought of this like two movies ago. And he didn't, so he's like, so just like me as a procrastinator, he procrastinated, and well, what we're seeing is a procrastination on screen. Mm. So, uh, best thing, worst thing for me, goodness gracious me. Uh, I will not say, okay, I'll just get this out of the way, this is not the best thing or worst thing, but I will say that I think, once again... This is my obligatory. Isaac says, you know, gives praise to you know all the post-production oh, no. and those production <laughs> workers on this, and any pre-production workers as well. Um, regardless of if this is um, a movie made from 2005 and the CGI is obvious, I still think, even for the time, they did a wonderful job. I hope they were all compensated. I hope they, you know, there was, it wasn't any problems there. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. So good job, guys. Um, my best thing. My best thing. That's a good question. I'll say my worst thing. My worst thing is I'll, I'll I this does not feel like um, this doesn't feel like it, it. The whole movie itself doesn't feel like it runs smoothly into um, what is it M- runs smoothly into like you know the originals. Uh, if that makes sense, it's kind of similar like what you guys were saying about the light switch moment. Um, I, I don't think it all works out properly. I think it goes a little too fast. Even though it does kind of spread itself out a bit, I wish it was a little more slow-paced, even though I think that's the point. Uh, but my best thing is, uh, this is, admittedly, this is a little bit, uh, I don't know, a little too much, but, like, I, I love the opening act, uh, or the opening scene, mm. uh, with, like, the one take. Uh, and only not only just because I, I love that, but that's... <laughs> show my hand and uh, show how me and Eric are at odds. Uh, I love it because if you watch Gennady Tartakovsky's Micro Clone Wars series, the show ends, his volume two ends right when they like, they pull back the camera and you just see Coruscant uh, with the Separatists and the Republic fighting each other. And in this film, you go immediately towards it. You just like, we see the ship, the big Republic ship coming in. Then we see the two Jedi Starfighters and there you see it. So it's just like, as a fan of, uh, as a big fan of that micro series, I I enjoyed a lot more. Um, just yeah. makes me uh, choke to think that that micro series is tied to this. Because it's so directly tied, then just like leaves a sour note in my mind. That would technically make General Grievous actually my worst thing. Now that I'm thinking about it, just because if you want, only if I'm including the micro series here, which came oh. out before 2005. Sean, what would you like to say? I, I, I just think, I, I don't think that you can support this by saying, yeah, except for the micro series that you're talking. I don't know. I don't know what the hell you're talking, what the hell you're talking about. I haven't seen it. Oh. Okay. So I have to, I have to judge the film on, on what I've seen. Absolutely. You have every right to. And, and 
and I, you know, it, it's not like it's like like um, you know, like there's there's shit in like Doctor Who where it's just for what I what people call the we, like Tom Baker showing up in the 50th anniversary special. You know, mm-hmm. if you show that to my mom, she's she's not gonna know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> uh, here, I I don't you know I I wanted to know more. I didn't. I I felt like there could be. Something at the end to say if you needed to learn more, go to your library and check out. Remember, in these, there, this well, movie wastes so much time. There is so much time wasted. I wanted to kill these people. <laughs> I wanted, and I, I posted this on Facebook while I was watching when she tells him she's pregnant. I, you know, I thought of abortion. I'm like, Sean, that's horrible. You shouldn't, do that. <laughs> whatever. And then I was like, no, have an abortion, please, because I am willing to not see the next three movies. So I don't have I don't have to worry about this anymore. I just I am oh. so Star Wars fatigued. I am done with it. I just it's it's become the next Marvel for me. Oh and my. this, by the way, is the second worst movie I've ever done on this podcast. The first being exorcist too. Sheesh. Uh, Eric. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh no. Oh I my. we'll crack that uh that nut as we go along, but I did want to say, since you mentioned at the end of this you wanted to go to a library and fill in all these details. That's one of the things that just horrifies me with George Lucas's mode of making these movies. Cause that was his plan. His plan was to fill it in with books at the time. He was like, oh I'll I'll pick up a few details from those books and I'll make these movies just kind of bare bones then the books can fill in all the rest and the fans can learn all these characters and start to care about them. Like that end scene when we see all these Jedis being slaughtered. I don't know a fucking single one of those guys. I know the name, yeah. but I don't know the characters. But if you're a fan of the books, you you know these characters, you love these characters. And I think that was just such a disastrous design flaw in his idea of building this universe. I, I think that's... Caleb, I think you're putting too much into it. it I oh, mean, it's like no. any, any book uh, translation into film, it's... The book's going to be bigger and better, right? It's going to have more details. It's going to have more story. Look at Jaws. Look at Harry Potter. I mean, I'll just name any any novel that was that was that was uh, moved to film. It's, it's you're going to not have as much time, and I mean, it's that's just the way of, of the, the thing. And I believe the I, I believe the book came out a week or so before the film. Oh, so, definitely. I mean, but these ones weren't based on the books, and I'm talking about uh, like all the solo ones to like fill in these characters. Yes, like, spinoffs. Yeah, yeah, spinoff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not the official tie-in. Excuse me. Yeah. So it's like if you want to, if you want to give us this this big emotional moment, this Night of the Long Knives scene, make us care about at least one of these characters. Like Mace Windu is probably the one that we get the most of in this movie, and I couldn't give a fuck about Mace Windu. I mean, he's kind of an asshole. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, I think also the fact that you're pretty much watching Roger Rabbit and like half cartoon, half (laughs) live action here makes a difference. Um, and also this, I'm actually, maybe this might be a nostalgia boner, but I remember watching Empire Strikes Back as a teenager. It didn't come out when I was a teenager, but I, you know, I watched it several times, like on VHS and then again on DVD. And those bounty hunters, I remember rewinding again and again, like the, like mm. these guys. What's up with them? If it, 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 there's characters like that in here, don't watch Book of Boba Fett. But I just can't take them seriously. 
I can't take the uh, uh, what is the Asian talking lizard fella in the beginning? That's the captain of the. I don't give a shit. Like serious? Oh, oh wait, the Nemorian. Oh, oh God. yeah. I, who who, who, who <laughs> is he talking about? Like, what is he talking? He's talking yeah. about the Nemorians. I was yeah. lost too. Oh, oh, I didn't think. I don't. I don't even think of them as Asian. <laughs> I was trying okay. to think an Asian, an Asian guy. No, they're ancient. <laughs> and, oh no. Yeah, and they're in the Phantom Menace in the parts that I really don't give a shit about or remember. Because it's been a year since I saw The Phantom Menace. And when people watch this, it was more than a year. Uh, like, why are you bringing this back? And there's these... Okay, and I saw in the crawl at the beginning, uh, they talk about there's a droid army. Have you mm. seen these droids? Why is this taking over everything? They're, like, oh. the stupidest droids ever. Like, And, and the jokes, like, you're welcome. Uh, no, no. No, Darth Grievous... Or General Grievous should just cut that droid in half for saying that. Yeah, and I remember, I remember being a little kid and being excited to see these super battle droids because they introduced them at the end of Attack of the Clones, and I was like, oh, you know, that's going to change the dynamic. We can get rid of these stupid regular battle mm -hmm. droids. They're just like comedy relief. Mm -hmm. And then one of the first things we see is them slipping on oil slicks and yeah, let's keep them. R two beats them. I was like, wow, okay. Even as a kid, I was like, oh, like that's that's not what I was hoping for. Uh, I was just going to go back to what Isaac said about Grievous um, with the uh, the miniseries. Hmm. Uh, I, I went... went... <laughs> Sean. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I remember watching that and being really excited for Grievous. I thought, oh, this guy's a badass. You know, his movements. Even though it was an animated cartoon, I thought, oh, he's going to be such... He's going to kick ass. I love it. Thing, right, yeah. and then when he showed up on film, and when they changed him a little, not just because it's now, you know, more of a digital art instead of hand drawn art, uh, but the voice, uh, kind of, it seems like his motives seem off. I didn't like Grievous in the film. So about that, Steve, uh, it is because that when George Lucas was, uh, I think, uh, pre in pre-production for between yeah two and three, uh, he was thinking of characters grievous he liked the idea of making a fully mechanical version of like darth vader um or like as a precursor almost yeah but obviously different we have a different kind of looking cyborg and he's you know not human instead but he wrote him like george lucas wrote him as a mustache twirling villain yeah who like dick dastardly would escape yeah uh to you know <laughs> get away if he had to, whereas Gendy Tartakovsky didn't get that memo and instead made him a Jedi killer. Um, so, and, and he deserved to be a Jedi killer because I understand from what I read that Jedi's basically decimated his home planet. And I'm like, dude, obviously his issues, I get it. I can actually sympathize with this. Let's have more Grievous. But instead, we have Anakin walking around with his teenage what the fuck angst. Okay. Yeah, but I did want to talk more about this this opening because yeah, I do quite like that uh, that one take shot, and I even think some of the banter between Obi Wan and Anakin feels a little bit more natural this time. Like I kind of I kind of like their scenes there a little bit. Uh, the bit with those those buzz droid was kind of stupid. I was like, uh, Anakin. Yeah. I kind of even wondered, can they use the Force to knock those things off? I was like, does right? the Force work in space? should but, <laughs> but yeah once we get to the the rescue of palpatine i don't know it starts to feel kind of video game-ish 
Mm -hmm. And and I don't know the the fight with Dooku. I was like, uh, like I didn't need to see uh, Christopher Lee doing a backflip or a front flip. <laughs> I was like, oh wow. But I have to. Christopher Lee is amazing. I I really like Dooku. So I was I was kind of I was kind of sad he was dispatched so early in the film. And when uh, when Dooku basically defeated Obi Wan and what through that. Yeah, broke his legs. Should have. Well, it should have like decapitated his legs. Like yeah, I don't. Really. That doesn't make any sense. And then he's able to walk later. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that drives. Yeah, me. let me move this and rescue. Oh, yeah. Oh, that pissed me off too. Yeah, the the physics in this movie, none of it feels human. They just feel like rubber men running around, and that that just really takes me out of the movie. Like there's that scene later when they uh, are in the elevator shaft and they like go flying into that. Um, that open doorway, and I was like, "Oh, that that doesn't in any way look like a human could do that. It just looks so off." Uh, this may be kind of a minor nitpick. I don't know if anybody else noticed that um, in those Jedi starfighters, you know, they had their R two units on the left side. Hmm. I don't know how they would have fit. I've, I mean, I've looked, I've looked at drawings. I don't understand how. I mean, the little feet should have been hanging at the bottom. I no, guess. I've always thought that, but I noticed this viewing in particular. There's this one shot of Obi-Wan's craft. Uh, I think it's when they're on Upata or whatever the planet's called. Utapa. Utapa. And I think he's giving his instructions to R4 to do whatever. And they show an angle where you can actually see that there is like a section underneath the wing that accounts for the, the droid. I don't know if that was done in one of the special editions or something, um, but there is at least one shot. And I got. And it's the first time I ever noticed it was today. Okay, it, it, it's really great that you can all argue about where the droid is placed on the <laughs> ship, because oh. in the be I always wondered the same thing. In the beginning, uh, Obi Wan's droid R four or whatever his name is 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 instantly dismantled and destroyed by these yeah. droids, and then R two D two because he's R two D two has all these little weapons and shit. I'm like. I, why does R2-D2 get to have all that? He grew up in the same atmosphere as the other... This is ridiculous. This is just... Yeah. Hey, it was established in Phantom Menace that R2-D2 is not your average... Oh, fuck that. Droid, ...astromech droid. Supposedly established. That's that's something I've always not gotten with the Star Wars fans. Yeah, that was not established in that movie. <laughs> it was in his in his initial opening scene in Naboo. When all the like the other uh, astromechs flame out when they're on the exterior of the royal ship or whatever, and all the other ones no. flame out, and R two's the last one. No. What do you mean no? Yeah, they did it, but it didn't feel it didn't feel genuine. It felt like forced. No, boo, your Naboo thing is wrong. I'm sorry, Caleb. Go ahead. Yeah, it felt like forced writing to hero wise. Then they're like, oh, let's bring R two D two in and, and honor no, him. I think R two is an example. Of if my Alexa worked the way it's supposed to work, because oh boy. I've been I, I've become reliant on Alexa in the last year or two, and she's really helpful, Amazon Alexa. But when she gets confounded by just regular commands, it makes me go completely berserk, and I don't understand. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I don't understand why. It's like she has fits or something. It's like that movie Electric Dreams or something, like. 
It's like oh, yeah. it's like she's she gets she becomes defiant at random times or something, or she pretends like she doesn't <laughs> understand me, like the same commands that I've given her a million times. Does she try to kill you? Like obstinate defiance. No, she just like ignores me or or like pretends like, huh? What? What did you say? And, and it makes me go completely nuts. So I need an Alexa that works as reliably as R2 does. Because you know, we see a lot of other incompetent yeah. astromechs, especially the more Star Wars or Star Star Wars spinoffs that you watch, um, R two is definitely, you know, a rung up. That kind of bothers me too because it's like, why did the the Empire here, Proto Empire, pick droids with such terrible AI? If if R two is so competent, yeah, I mean, they, their whole escape plot to uh, from this ship is kind of uh, based on R two. They're like, we yeah. you need to attack so we can do our attack. You're our distraction. I I don't know where they're getting their funding from. Uh, <laughs> the banking union. Well, th- this is my point. R two is not your typical astromech unit. Yeah, but if, to me, it feels forced. It feels like they're doing it because R two is our our hero. They're the old George Lucas mantra. Like they're the real heroes of the, the three trilogies, or the the two trilogies for him at least. You know, it, it it it's like if I was going to sit down and I have not yet been at the place where I can construct a campaign for a role playing game. Um, I've been waiting. Yeah, <laughs> I know Cthulhu, Call of Cthulhu, or even Dungeons and Dragons. You hey, you oh. want to <laughs> well, you know, you want to make it seem consistent. You know, you want to make it seem even. Um, it's you're not making a movie because if you made a movie about whatever your campaign is, it would be boring as fuck. But still, you know, I, I just I just don't understand. And I think we've talked about this before. Why George Lucas never had put himself under the microscope and said, you know, I don't think this makes any sense. You know, whatever. Uh, the thing is, I think he did. I think he just. His course direction just didn't work. Either. Yeah, perhaps you're. Right. I think you're right. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure Jar Jar was meant to have a bigger role. Like he's basically excised from this film. Oh yeah, and he's like one line or one during the Phantom Menace. He was like, he's going to be one of our new heroes. If we can get him working, we can get the whole series working. And it was like he definitely could not get that working, so we just dropped him. <laughs> yeah, that's well established. There are moments in this film though that are good. Um, uh, I think that. Somebody was complaining about the uh, spider droids that wreck your spacecraft, the little droids. Buzz droids. There you go, yeah. And, uh, that was you who was complaining about that. I wasn't. No, it was me, mildly. Oh, okay. <laughs> I actually didn't mind that. I, th- I thought that brought some suspense to it, but the problem is, is that when you think about it afterwards, they actually have a mission to accomplish. Well, no, that makes... Yeah, no, I'm going to take that back, but... Yeah, I... I liked it too. It's the thinking afterwards is like, couldn't they use the force to get him off instead of this whole fumbling routine? Well, yeah, I definitely thought that. No, but initially, Obi Wan, because he was so mission oriented, he was like, Anakin, just leave me. You just continue yeah. on by yourself. But Anakin was like, no, no, no. I, I can do this. Um, the elevator scene um, where they're hilariously hugging each other while Palpatine holds on to one of their boots. Um, And then the elevator slides down and then they realize they have to let go and slide down too. was not well done. That could have been very suspenseful. Um, If you watch something like Jurassic Park, you see Spielberg do it. And Lucas, I don't think, 
I, I'm not saying he's as talented as Spielberg, but he's more talented than what we see here. We don't get the idea mm. that this ship is on a tilt. It's like the um, Poseidon adventure where up is down and down is up. And, you know, I, I didn't like that. Um, oh, how much did I just I'm done. Whatever. Can I have my oxygen mask now? <laughs> oh, no. Copium. I feel like this movie, George Lucas did have a number of, of fairly good lines. And there's two of them in, during this opening that I like. I like when Count Dooku says, uh, uh, twice the pride, double the fall. I thought that was kind of a punchy little line. And I also liked when Anakin says, uh, when they're talking about, or Palpatine's telling him to leave Obi-Wan trapped under there. He's like, his fate will be the same as ours. Something about that just felt like a Star Wars line. Some of the dialogue in these, especially the sequels, it just doesn't feel at all like it has a place in Star Wars. And I feel like a lot of that uh, prequel lines share that too, but, but those two lines work for me. Yeah, those are good lines. <laughs> oh, there's a, I don't know if you've seen it on YouTube, but they released a, um, a deleted scene where Obi-Wan and Anakin, I guess before they are trying to escape from the elevators, and it's when R2's hiding from those battle droids until so he's not able to communicate. Mm. And they're having a discussion about Obi-Wan and, and Anakin are having a discussion about R2 and kind of Obi-Wan's over-reliance or Anakin's over-reliance on R2. So they have this little conversation and and I think Anakin talks into the microphone and he speaks droid. Have, have you seen that? Where literally he just no. opens his mouth and, and there's like beep, beep, you know, the sound that R2 makes. Oh it comes out God. of his mouth. Interesting. <laughs> oh, Oh. And, but they cut it out. But that was one of the scenes. I yeah, that scene makes no sense because in that <laughs> scene, that same scene, it's Obi Wan who's the one who's really trying to rely on R two, and Anakin who's like, "No, we can do this ourselves." So that's like even more confounding. Oh, like a little rewrite. Yeah. But I also just learned from looking at the trivia that the original cut of this movie was four hours, and the whole opening of rescuing Palpatine and yada yada yada. That mm -hmm. the original cut that all took an entire hour. Well, I kind of want to see that four hours now. Oh no, no, I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. no, no, no. <laughs> no, bye. Oh, sir. <laughs> yeah, and I'll say, uh, I was thinking that Lucas, uh, maybe trying to uh, emulate Return of the Jedi a little bit. This kind of feels like the rescuing Han Solo from Jabba's palace bit. I don't think it goes quite as long. I think it's like maybe half an hour in Return of the Jedi. But it does go pretty long for a plot that doesn't really seem super related to the rest of the movie. Like, it was a little bit of an odd choice, I think, to spend all this runtime just on this bit. When they could have spent a lot more time developing Anakin's turn. Um, well, okay, at least, you know, <laughs> okay. Using the using the visual dictionary, excuse me, as I get, oh, here get we it go. out. Um, Sir. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> when it came to that whole beginning plot... Uh, for you see the abduction itself and the rescue, well not the rescue, but the abduction itself overall was an elaborate ruse. Right. Um, basically, again, because okay, if one thinks about it without having watched the micro series, and I don't know what the Clone Wars does with this, although I don't know, yeah, I don't know what the Clone Wars does with this. It's more ancillary. I figured. Uh, so Palpatine gets captured. Palpatine is Darth Sidious, so he tells as Darsidious to Count Dooku and or to General Grievous to say, hey, capture um, Emperor, or Emperor, sorry, uh, Senator Palpatine, or Chancellor Palpatine, excuse me. And 
all it really was to do was to get um, Anakin, or to determine, sorry, uh, to test Anakin to determine whether or not he can be turned to the dark side. That is literally what that whole opening is for. Yeah, yeah. That always was clear to me without looking into any additional materials. That always made sense. And there's even, um, when they're still flying around, um, Obi-Wan senses that this is a trap, but he doesn't understand how or why. He just has a feeling that like there's something not right about this, even though he doesn't fully understand. Okay. All right. I don't know if that like I'm not I'm not saying that makes everything better, Caleb. I'm just saying like maybe that's an explanation. Well, to be fair, how could it if the whole turn doesn't really feel like it works anyway? So this little setting up the turn doesn't help anything at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. True, the turn doesn't really work, but I think this all makes sense. I mean, just taking the movie as is. Like, like I said, this is always clear to me that this is all a setup. This is all by design. Um, and, of course, because, like, the duel or the showdown with Dooku and Anakin, because it's obviously so much alluding to the showdown in the second Death Star in Jedi, you know, it's, the same, it's, it's obviously the same concept. Like, Anakin is in Luke's place uh, in Jedi. I mean, which is obviously by design. So yeah, it all makes sense to me, or it always has. And heck, even the Chancellor himself, like, you know, when he's re- when we first get into that scene, uh, he turns around in his chair, and it's like, oh, well, it's just like what the Emperor does in, in Return of the Jedi. Right. So it's even way more of a callback. It's almost like the reverse of... Yes. Re- well, not, I mean, not reverse of the Return of the Jedi, but, like, I know it's a rescue mission, but, like... If that's supposed to be the scene at the end of Return of the Jedi, this is at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, and it's really crazy too, especially tying into that line of his fate will be the same as our own, because Anakin kills like everybody in the room eventually. I mean, he kills Dooku, he he ultimately kills Palpatine, he ultimately uh, kills Obi-Wan, and you could make the argument he ultimately kills himself. Uh, hmm. through his actions in Jedi. So it's just completely wild that he basically ends everybody's fate eventually. Interesting. He's involved in that whole sequence. Looking at the larger picture, I like that, Eric. Um, I got a question for you, though. So when uh, Anakin says to Dooku, like, you know, our, my powers have doubled since last we met, how many times has he fought him in the Clone Wars? I just gotta ask. Uh, no, I don't actually... I don't think... CG Wars. No, I don't think they really face off a lot, in, even in the Clone Wars. They War. fought in the last film, technically speaking. They fought in CG Wars, the movie. Right, right. But I, no, they don't do a whole lot of dueling um, in the Clone Wars that I remember. Okay. Yeah, and I'm curious for anyone who's seen Star Trek in the Darkness. Oh, God. Were you guys thinking of that movie when we see the ship crashing into the atmosphere at all? No. Nope. No. <laughs> nope. Okay. Well, I, okay. I kind of have a problem, even though this is like you know this is space fantasy, so they can get away with it. But I was also like, when when the uh, when the when it goes into battle against that Republic cruiser, and it, it starts falling, I'm like, why is it falling? Like, what's oh, wait. it's it's space. Like that makes why what what what's is it in the is it near the actually to amend my answer, I was not thinking about it watching this, but actually I may have thought that when I was watching Into Darkness the first time. Um, so. That's possible. Yeah, that's possible. But but the way you I, asked I it, know. it was like you flipped it around. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't go backwards. For Sorry, me. Sean. Here we are talking about Star Trek crap. And... Yeah, but he just brought up another terrible movie that should not even be brought up. Yes. Oh, of course. Agreed. 
Oh god, I just saw the Millennium Falcon. I forgot that was in there. Oh, oh I missed it. I was looking for oh, it. You're way, you're way behind me. Wait, what? What? The Millennium Falcon is is in this thing? Yeah, it's at like the 2350 mark. You can see it. It's... Yeah, Sean, you might want to actually watch the movie. It might help. <laughs> it's hidden. Dang it, I missed it. <laughs> it's at the very bottom of the frame. Oh, what, left or right? Because I was looking for it. Okay, fuck that shit. No, I... Right. I'm pretty sure I saw it at the movies. I mean, I noticed it the first <sighs> time. Yeah, I just forgotten that it was in here. I blocked that. <laughs> That'll be like how in Rogue One we see whatever that ship from Rebels is called. It, except it makes more sense in Rogue One. Because uh, you would expect to see the ghost. I'm just saying, it's it's like that. But here's another positive for me. Um, I think that first scene with Anakin and Padme when they're like hiding and she tells him that she's pregnant. I actually think both of them feel really natural there. and I, I feel chemistry for them for once. It's like, wow, okay. It's surprisingly working. Okay. Oh my God. No. Oh boy. No. Oh, I hated it. And maybe it might be a hangover from the uh, last time they acted together in the last movie, but no. Oh, how I hated it. While it's not great here, it's certainly better than their chemistry in Attack of the Clones. So I'll give I'll give that. Uh, perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. It's actually some chemistry. I feel like they didn't have any in the last But speaking movie. of Padme, the downer for me, and I get she's pregnant, but the downer for me is that they made her so wickedly cool in Attack of the Clones that it was one of the highlights of that movie for me at the time. And then she's like almost a side character in this whole movie. And yeah. I hate that. I hate that. She's like literally barefoot and pregnant. The old trope. They just brought it out. <laughs> oh, my God. I, it's, and I, I don't know how you write around the pregnancy you know you know but it just it sucks um there there is something else in this movie and, and actually what's funny is, is that when uh caleb said barefoot and pregnant i literally saw her on screen uh, laying <laughs> down on the table right barefoot um there is this really cool uh scene where uh we have uh, Anakin. He's got his legs cut off. He's struggling through the lava. And Palpatine comes and rescues him. And in kind of a cool sequence, um, we see the droids come in and repair him. Unfortunately, that sequence is interrupted by oh. childbirth. Because, oh my God, look, it's twins! Oh my god, it's twins! And plus we're seeing Darth Vader become a... I'm so, no, no, oh, I'm yeah. not getting it. No, no, I'm sorry. And then, as if, like a like a poison cherry on the cake, we have... No! Oh my goodness. Doesn't he do that? He does, yes. but I, I think they shortened it in the, the versions that we're watching now compared to the theatrical. Yeah, really? it was more obnoxious. How do you know that? Because sir? I read all those because I read all the in-depth reviews of all the releases that come out on Blu-ray and eight and four K. I I admire that, but I just don't care that much. I do. But yeah, it was worse than the original. And I'll say just in general, I think James Earl Jones has given a really weird performance during that scene. Like, I know a lot of people complained about the Rogue One performance, and I complained too, but this just does not feel like a Darth Vader performance. It's very strange. Oh, no, so yeah, certainly and just not. hearing him being like, where is Padme? I was like, oh my god, like, this does not, does well, not work. <laughs> it is terrible, but the way I imagine it in my head, Canon, it's because he's still, 
he's still Anakin more than he's Vader at that point, even though he's in the suit. So it's almost like hearing whiny Annie in the Darth Vader suit <laughs> with the James Earl Jones voice. So that's how it makes sense in my head, can it? Oh, but, but Sean... Uh, even though it is terrible. It's certainly terrible. Sean, you actually buried the lead. The worst part of that whole birthing uh, montage there is the start of it where this droid comes out and she's like, we're losing Padme, but it, we don't know why. She's completely healthy. She's just choosing not to live. <laughs> yeah. So like yeah. this completely healthy woman chose to die and she does die. Like what? What, what world are we living in? <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. I, I, I tell you, I interpreted th- that scene initially watching, and I don't think a lot of people did, except maybe some people, a few did. But uh, the fact that I always felt that the the whole scene where you see Vader being worked on and you know arising, and then you seeing Padme give birth and dying, mm-hmm. it's the I always felt that Palpatine through whatever that Sith power to you know to save the ones you love that kind of that ability to be a succubus don't laugh on a succubus <laughs> and drain power from one entity into another to maintain life and i think that's what palpatine or that's how i felt palpatine was draining uh padme oh wow yes mm-hmm. killing killing her and then and, and and sourcing that into vader to keep him alive interesting yeah it's like that that alchemy concept that comes up in a lot of things where you know to create something you have to take give something up equivalent exchange yes exactly i couldn't think of remember the term now i am familiar with that theory it's a very popular star wars fan theory and while i totally see the credence of it and it totally makes sense to me i don't personally subscribe to it but it, it makes sense to me Steve, it totally makes sense. Yeah, it would make that whole scene better if they would have explained that somehow. Because as it plays, yeah, I, I think as it plays the way it does is just just bad. But but go ahead, sorry. <laughs> no, and I just felt Palpatine has always been abusing or Sidious, whatever, uh, has always been abusing uh, the people around him, including Anakin. Uh, I mean, he's just basically using him as a tool. Uh, well, he's a tool, but using him as a tool <laughs> to. <laughs> You know, to get where what he wants, and so he's you know, I don't think he knew the babies were alive, but he knew a Padme. Because I, I don't think did, did correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think it was ever brought up in front of uh, uh, Palpatine that that Padme was pregnant. No, Just I don't. That Anakin was worried about her dying. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I don't think he was aware of it. I don't believe. Yeah, and I do want to complain because Sean opened this up kind of bitching about the fact that she was pregnant and it was causing all these issues they should have just got an abortion i was wondering with (laughs) kind of joking but i was wondering with anakin since he's so freaked out like are they are they seeing doctors about this like maybe that would alleviate some of his fears but since they're keeping it hidden and they never once mentioned her going to a doctor i was kind of like are they just dealing with this themselves are they trying to like have a home birth what's what is this yeah yeah, I, I'd like. I have. I had questions too. Like, honey, like, if you talk to somebody about, I, I yeah. Well, she probably had healthcare in America. She had healthcare in America. I mean, that's that <laughs> oh, just one line could have helped me. But I just, I was just like, I'm so lost by this. These are thoughts I've never, or queries that have never come to my mind. Well, because there was nothing. There was nothing ever wrong with her. I bet. I mean, she, maybe she did see a doctor and they're yeah, like yeah I, I assume she was just doing her own thing yeah i'm sure she was taking her vitamins and everything i don't know and, I, and it was sidious that insidious that was you know in the shadows making her sick well if, if i feel like for me it, it broke some of my suspension of 
kind of feeling his dramatic weight of the fear. So I was like, he's so scared of her dying, but he's... I mean, we're not seeing him doing anything to try to check how healthy she is. I, I was... It just... I felt like they should have at least explored that aspect to some degree. Because otherwise, it's just like he's panicking for no reason and jumping to the dark side to try to help her when he could just go to a doctor. No, it's because of his... It's, it's not no reason. It's his dreams. It's his premonitions. Well, I mean, no reason in terms of he has no other reason but those dreams to believe that she's unwell and he's not pursuing any sort of medical way to make her better or see what's going on. And say so he jumps straight to the dark side for no reason. Um, Especially, by the way, for, for no reason in terms of before he fully commits himself and says, I pledge my allegiance, Sidious admits, like, only one person's discovered the way to, to help this. And maybe if we work together, we can discover it. So we just basically told him, I've been lying to you. But still, Anakin just submits his, his will to him. I was like, what the fuck? Wouldn't you be betrayed? You're like, oh, wait, you, you basically led me on here, and then I betrayed my friends. And now you betrayed me right now. Wait, wait, when, when, when are you saying he should have that revelation? Oh, right, right before he, uh, like, says, I pledge my allegiance to you, uh, Sidious is like, only one person's learned how to do this, and maybe if we work together, we can discover it. It's like he just told him that this all this stuff that he was saying that he knew he didn't actually know, but yet he still pledges his allegiance. Wait, how does he admit that? How does he admit that that he doesn't really know what he said he knew? Uh, by by telling him. <laughs> I maybe go back to that scene. Wait, I mean, no, I I know the scene you're talking about, but you're saying that how, how does he admit that he doesn't know how to do it? He just said it. He said only one person's discovered this. Maybe if we work together, because the whole the whole uh, conflict is. Sidious is basically well, telling. Well, yeah, only one person discovered it, but that doesn't mean only one person knew it because he explains, yes, one person discovered it, that was um, Plagueis. But he says that he learned it all like from him. But where does he admit like I know he says we'll like figure it out together, but I don't I don't find that as an admission of No, I actually don't know how Plagueis did it. Oh, I definitely took it. Well, and he's lying the whole time. I I everything everything that character is saying Oh, he may be lying, but I don't see him admitting that he doesn't know just because he says, like, we'll figure it out together. Oh, I definitely take that scene as him admitting it. <laughs> see, I think I, I think he knows. I think he knows. He's just not He's not sharing that. He's not going to share it. I don't know. Because why, why would they have to discover it together if he already knew it? Wouldn't he be like, I'll teach you the ways? To, to, yeah, to tempt him. Bring him to his side, saying, hey, you're not going to figure this out without me. You need me. I take, I take it more as... Like, it hasn't, like, like, well, I don't know. I, I, I completely get what you're saying. I just don't interpret it that way. Yeah, I even, I even just went back to that scene and um, he, he's like, you're fulfilling your destiny, Anakin. And Anakin's like, I just can't live without Padme. Tell me how to save her life. And then his follow-up line is, to cheat death is a power only one has achieved. Together we can just, we can discover the secret. Okay, 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 so that goes back to my original, like, what I said, which is only one, yeah, one person figured it out, one person has done it. I know how he did it, I've just not actually done it. Like, accomplished it myself personally, but I know how to do it. That's the way I interpret it. Well, that's, yeah, that's definitely not how I interpret it. But since we're on this track, just in general, of uh, this secret, the discovery of creation of life or protecting life or immortality... Uh, should we discuss how this kind of ties up the uh, the mess the messianic birth in that first movie of Shmi being like, oh, there was no father, I was just pregnant. 
Do you guys uh, do you guys fall under the? Wait, how does this tie that up? Yeah. Do you guys fall under the theory that Palpatine was the one who created Anakin? I, I that's how I kind of feel. Yeah. I I think it's a possibility, but I don't know the answer. Yeah, because this movie again is so vague; they don't really tie anything up. But the, I feel like the insinuation is there, and that's just weird. <laughs> I think that uh, Mrs. Columbo is real. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, no. The, uh, <laughs> oh, not this again. I think during that that. <laughs> He sure is. During that opera scene, that space opera scene thing, whatever that I was. I can tell you yeah. about that if um, you want. I think that is kind of, it's implied, yeah, I think it's implied there. Covered, not explained, but that was, yeah, hinted at. Yeah. Anakin's uh, creation was hinted at in that, in that particular scene. Yeah, and I just think that that, when I first watched this movie again, I was I was looking for answers to these things. as, as like a, a kid who was obsessed with Star Wars prior to it. And the idea that that Palpatine created Darth Vader, just as like no, not just in turning him to the dark side, but literally creating him out of the Force. I was just like, this this is not what I'm here for. This just seems just stupid. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, I did have thoughts about this. I mean, new thoughts when I was watching that scene today, um, which is yeah, because I am curious because I was thinking about when when Yoda and Mace Windu were talking about, or at some point, I think it was, I think uh, Obi-Wan brought it up to to them and he was asking, like, is he the chosen one? Is he the one in the prophecy? Uh, and those two were like, oh, you know, maybe, or maybe, maybe not, Yoda is saying. And I was thinking about that scene and I was thinking about the opera scene and because, because, uh, oh yeah, because Yoda says something like, you know, misread the prophecy could be yes that exactly Mis- yeah so possibly they're misreading the, the prophecy so then it had me thinking about dune and the prophecy in dune and so i was like that's the really the big question which has never been addressed anywhere in star wars not in the clone wars or anything maybe in a novel i haven't read but certainly not in any of the clone wars now i am curious where the prophecy came from um and so maybe because it, it, it can make, and maybe it's in that Plagueis novel. I don't know because okay. maybe the prophecy was out there, and the Jedi had their beliefs or their interpretation of, of the of the prophecy, and then the Sith or Plagueis and Sidious had their interpretation, and so perhaps it, it would lend to that idea that maybe it was a self fulfilling prophecy um, that that the, that the um, Sith got into, and who knows because of this stuff that Plagueis knew about. Maybe somehow that ties into this creating a life spontaneously. I don't know. Um, but either way, even though they they both had the wrong interpretation or the not exactly right interpretation, both sides, ultimately, though, it still comes true. So, it, you know, so the, the it's very possible that we don't know, but it's possible that the Sith did, them, did their own selves in if in fact this is the whole plot that they cooked, and right. and it'd be, it all, again now it starts sounding like a bootstrap paradox, um, uh, but because like but I, so that's why I'm still wondering where did the prophecy come from and it's never been said and perhaps we'll never know except I don't know about this acolyte series because it seems like there's some things that could come up in that series that would tie into some of these well, questions. I thought Lucas had had already said that Luke was actually the chosen one i 
I don't know if Lucas said that, but I, I would say he's he's kind of wrong about that. Oh, not this again. Let's let's move away from this. <laughs> yeah, I really Isaac. I will. Can I only say that one thing? I know I'll I'll go on. I'll I'll put it somewhere else. But at least for Eric, what if oh. Palpatine was the one that engineered the prophecy? Kind of like in yeah. Dune. Now this would obviously right, be right, really right, stupid right. because there would have to be like a Man, like a Mandela effect almost, where you have to like. Mm somehow get it into like the knowledge of everybody and be like oh yes the prophecy like why that that, that. right right I, I i can see that's why i'm curious or maybe plagueis did i don't know um just because i was also going to mention dune i was like well yeah in dune right there's a prophecy but that was engineered like thousands of years ago so it's been in the minds of a single culture itself so then you know it kind of isn't a prophecy but and then it would be a self-fulfilling prophecy for palpatine especially if he'd done it himself so that's a little more like i guess hilarious on his part oh and that would that would work in the george lucas model because everything in this movie is engineered by palpatine i mean i wouldn't be even surprised if this whole kind of the downfall of the jedi them becoming kind of shadows of themselves falling out of favor with the force is all just him manipulating it i think it is actually yeah how pathetic are these fucking jedis they don't even have any faith in this prophecy that they've invested time into training this guy they they mentioned in the last movie that they're not really good with the force anymore, like they're just kind of pathetic. And it's like, wow, I I spent my childhood wanting to be a Jedi, and yeah, it's certainly well established by design that the Jedi are just terrible, you know, in general across the board. They're just completely terrible at this point um, because they're they're so blind themselves in their own way. And I guess that was the whole point. I mean, by Lucas, is that they're Almost as blind as the Sith themselves. Okay. Sure. Uh, okay. I'll I'll go. Let's let's go somewhere else. Let's go to the uh, the what was it? Let's go to the world of Utapa. How about that? <laughs> I've been trying to make that creature's noise. I still can't. Oh, I know you always are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's gonna go somewhere. Uh, or at least I think most of us can be positive. Hopefully. Um, and that's John Williams' uh, score for this movie. I think. Uh, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely put my complaints in his regard during most of the prequels, but I feel like he really brought out uh, some of his better work in this one. Um, I can still definitely hear some Harry Potter uh, remnants left in here, but I, I still think it's some really good music throughout. Yeah, it's it's the best overall, I think, of of the of the prequel Williams soundtracks, and it, but it. it it's almost going to be the best by default anyway, though, because it's also the one that incorporates the most from the original trilogy score. So that gives it like an <laughs> extra boost. That and, well, it's basically a greatest hits because it takes the best bits hmm. from Phantom and Attack. Then it adds a new theme, Duel of the Fates, and then it has all the callbacks towards the end. So it's it's kind of like a, a stacked deck. But still, yes, it is the best of, of, of the prequels, certainly. Oh, and I meant to mention, uh, since you mentioned that that opera bit with the Mon Calamari, like, water balls. Um, Sean, do you remember the Mon Calamari? Do you, all, do you know who those guys are? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. When you say calamari, I'm thinking of something delicious, but I don't think that's what you're talking yes. about. Yes, I mean, that's part of that's yeah. part of the point. Admiral Akbar, his, uh, his race is the Mon Calamari. Uh, and this is, like, one of their operas, and I always loved that effect as a kid. Um, but seeing it today in UHD, I just think it looked incredible. That's one of the few effects that I feel like really holds up. Mm. I'll come back to mm. it. 
So I want to give that a compliment too. Summit <laughs> bashing it so hard. It's interesting about the opera, besides how interesting it looked. I always thought it looked interesting myself. But so, yeah, it's a Mon Calamarin opera. And it's about these two, I guess, Mon Calamari. And they're, they're like, they're having like a duel, but they're supposed to be like in a plane where, or I mean, not literally, but metaphysically, they exist in two planes that mirror each other. Um, and they're having a duel, and that's what that's what these two beings are doing, jumping around from the different bubbles. Um, um, so yeah, they're supposed to be like two sides of a coin dueling, which is an obvious. I mean, you know what that's alluding to. Okay. Yeah, and it would have been nice if they uh, told us that in the movie. But uh, yeah, exactly. What I had to translate the Arvesh that was on the um, the playbill. This <laughs> this is what I don't like uh, is that y'all are talking about shit that's not even in the movie. And I, I don't want to say not fair, not fair, but we're not playing a game, whatever. But I just, I just don't feel that um, knowledge about other shit shouldn't be in a uh, critical review of this movie. I don't know. Yeah. I, I really don't know what you're talking about. I agree, Sean. <laughs> I have oh. no idea. Well, Sean, uh, how'd you feel about, because I, another positive for me. Um, I thought that Ian McDermott was really good during that opera scene, too. He, like, was savoring every line. He's like, not by a Jedi. He's got all these very uh, coded words. Did, did you like that scene in, in terms of his performance, or were you kind of off that scene, too? I don't remember. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I think it may be his best scene anywhere in Star Wars. Um, I, think it, uh, I can agree. I think that may be Ian McDermott's best performance, period. Ian McDermott? It's Ewan McGregor, right? No. No, no. <laughs> We're talking about the Emperor, Emperor Palpatine. Yeah. The Chancellor, excuse me. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, oh, okay, okay. All right, sorry. How about you, Steve? Did, did you like that scene? Because I feel like that's another one that's pretty universally, or at least I'm assuming that most people could like it because we've been bashing it so hard. I want to be a little more positive. <laughs> no, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed that. I, I felt, I mean, I, I agree that... Ian McDermott did an excellent delivery of those lines. I, it's one of my favorite scenes. Actually, every anything he's in in this film, I really appreciate and enjoy. Oh, I, I wouldn't say anything, but yeah. Oh no, I no, I no, I, I, I think he's fantastic. I just think he gets a little bit cartoony after his change, after his like physical yes. change. Oh no, I loved it. No, I I love that. Yeah, Sorry. let's save this. Yes, let's save great. this. We'll get to some of that because yeah, I have a lot of a lot of thoughts there. <laughs> no, but I wanted to move a little bit over to uh, another big character that I just just find reprehensible, and that's Yoda in this. <laughs> oh my God! Yes. Oh yeah, I, my God! Growing up, of course, The Empire Strikes Back. I absolutely loved Yoda. Was very excited to see more of him in these these prequels. And by the end of it, I walked away being like, "Man, I never want to see Yoda again." I fucking hate this character yeah. in these movies like his whole thing this is go ahead sean go ahead i'm sorry no i was gonna say that's that's why i didn't want to watch the mandalorian because of the fucking baby yoda i'm like nope well, bye no yeah i was gonna say uh the whole the scene when when anakin you know he's struggling he's having these 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 premonitions of you know a close one he, he doesn't tell uh, yoda who it is but someone that he loves dying and what's Yoda's response? Him, him coming to this older peer for for counsel, 
Just like, ah, mourn them not, miss them not, abandon all of your attachments, that's all, that just leads to the dark side. Don't have any sort of relationships with anybody. And it's like, wow, you, you old fuck, like, you think this is gonna help him in any way? Like, man, these, these, I would never want to be a Jedi. <laughs> it's a bit like, like, when someone goes to the church, like, oh my mm. gosh, I have impure thoughts about this lady, I don't know how I'm gonna do it. And the church just tells them, well, you just can't have the impure thoughts. That's all there is to it. Don't act on them. That's not going to fuck. That's not going to work, you motherfucker. <laughs> what, the, what the fuck? Like, if, are you guys human? Whatever. Okay, I agree. Yoda is worse. And again, it's emblematic of the Jedi being the worst at this time. But I was going to say myself, yes, it reminds me of when you turn somebody in the clergy uh, in church. Because... Just like with therapists, um, you know, there's there's ones who are worth, you know, uh, their wages and there's those who aren't. And I, mm. the same thing with clergy people that every once in a while you'll meet someone who is who comes across as really wise when you have deep conversations with them. But I really cannot stand the ones who just give you like the, the rote answers, the fortune cookie answers. I, I can't stand yeah. clergy people mm -hmm. like that when you come to them with something really heavy, especially. And I also encounter the same thing. With certain, um, what do you call it, like uh, military superiors, certain ones I had uh, who were like like my direct supervisor or big top supervisor. And you come with a big thing, and I hate when they give those types of um, quote unquote solutions to your problems. And I also had some academic advisors, like in college would give me those completely stupid answers um and then, yeah i just can't stand people who just have like the the, the non-advice uh it's terrible to work yeah and to uh to move to a different direction <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah sean where do you want to take us so do you have anything you want you want to want to go towards i'm done no no i was i was saying um that this this would have broke me if somebody said um if I was the same age that I was here now, uh, which is 47, you know, I saw the original trilogy when I was a kid uh, for some weird reason, because I was stunk, uh, stunk, stuck in a bunker like uh, what's her name? And that net, that old Netflix, oh, unbreakable uh, uh, Kimmy Schmidt, unbreakable Kimmy. Yeah. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. If I was stuck like that and somebody said, hey, we're going to watch Star Wars movies at this point, I'd be like, I don't want to see that shit. I mean, this is like, uh, watching this is like watching season four of Lost. Like, um, I'm done. Bye. No, this is That's too confusing. Yeah. I agree. That was when I was getting better. But, <laughs> but it is funny, Sean. Yeah, this is very much the reaction that I have when I watch this. It just makes me actually angry. Very few movies do that. <laughs> but this yeah. One and, and, and it's weird because the first time I saw all of these movies that we're talking about, I liked them all. But they don't bear repeated viewings. And I kind of, uh, you know, I appreciate the fact that it's 2005 um, CG, whatever, animated shit, whatever. I'm okay with that. But it, it, it feels like it's too, it feels like, it feels like it's too cute. Like, it thinks it's too cute. Like, oh, we're in a force field. Oh, we're smarter than that, aren't we? Oh, we're, I'm going to cross my arms. I'm going to be, a vi you know, hey, guys, you aren't that whatever. You're not, 
you're not James Bond. You're not Indiana Jones. You have failed as superheroes or as, uh, you know, no, I know as serial heroes as, you know, if you were going to talk about it, like a, like a serial, you guys have failed. You guys are just so uncharismatic. I don't, I just don't care. I appreciate the action stuff, especially at the beginning with the spaceships. But other than that, I'm done. I'm I'm gonna take all my Star Wars toy, Star Wars toys, Star Wars toys, and just put them on the table and just take my arm and all over, you know. Yeah, and this this is why I didn't watch. This is why I was like, I'm done with Star Wars after this came out. Cause it just it made me so angry. That I was like, wow, I wasted all this time, and they betrayed me. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds silly to say, but <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, I, I, I can't, I can't ever get, I don't know, with Star Wars and with certain other um, IPs, I, I can't get where y'all are getting, um, because your distaste for this movie, you know, mirrors my distaste for another episode we'll get to later. But despite that other episode that I detest, uh. It, it, I never wanted to put away my Star Wars toys, or I, I've never had the feeling of I'm done with the franchise, even with all the, the stumbles and this and that. I've never, I don't know, I've just never had that, like, it's never pushed me to that extreme. I think it's different with this movie, because not only is this the critical moment for these prequels here, but it's a critical moment that informs the real tr- original trilogy. The Last Jedi and the, the sequel trilogy, that's after this, it doesn't have as much weight. This is a pivotal moment in the Star Wars uh, epic, and just to see it so badly handled, just it. Just, it's, it that's right. Well, that's the other thing too. I mean, that's the other thing that separates us is that I don't think it's that terrible a movie as you, as you guys. Do you do. think you had certain uh, expectations what you wanted to see in this film, and it just didn't happen? Thus, your disappointment. Oh, well, that's that's the weird thing is because, like I said, I I actually really enjoy the movie for the first. It's up until the scene when when Anakin tells Mace Windu, "Oh, I realized that." I, I discovered this terrible secret, uh, Senator Palpatine's the Sith Lord. I feel like that scene, that's when the movie turns and I just start hating it after that. But up to that point, I really like the movie. Yeah. Lucas Luke, Luke just can't write, write dialogue. I mean, it's it's notorious. Yeah. We've heard all the actors joke about, you know, I know Harrison yeah. Ford said something famously <laughs> about it. But, I mean, he's, yeah. The only, the only good films, Lucas, Star Wars films at least, that Lucas has done are ones where he's had a lot of help. Yeah, a lot of outside help, like the the first one, um, you know, supposedly his wife at the time, like heavily edited the film yeah. and, mm-hmm. and saved it because I understand it was like a shit show. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know who made that comment, but someone said it was. I forgot what her what was her name. Yeah, Marsha, the the wife at Marsha. I think it was actually George, George who came out and credited her back when they were still married. He was like, oh, she saved the movie. There was but he, yeah, yeah, and, he, and then he disowned, then he disowned her yeah. when um, after the divorce. Like, oh yeah, that wasn't anything to do with her. So I, I credit the success of Star Wars because of the editing, and then um, the director, which for whatever reason I can't come to think of for Empire Strikes Back, is probably the one that made that film as good as it was. Yeah, yeah, Lord Kasdan. Kasdan, Kasdan, yeah. Um, Jedi wasn't as big a fan, but I, I really feel like. You know, if if and we may, yeah, I think we did discuss this, Caleb, when we were discussing the Obi Wan series about uh, Lucas would surround himself with yes men, yeah, or yes people, 
Mm-hmm. And and the prequels are a definite sign of that. I mean, because there's just some shit that just does not fly. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make logical sense. It just story sense. It doesn't. You know, there's no transition. Like you said, this awkward transition. How Anakin became evil. It it's like a switch. It it. But that's just Lucas. He's yeah. He's horrible at writing stories. And I don't know why. I mean, supposedly. Carrie Fisher, who's a script doctor, helped him with Attack of the Clones, and I think maybe Sith. I know she helped with Attack of the Clones. But Carrie Fisher? Yeah. Uh, and I don't think she did any uh, rest her soul, but hmm. I don't think she did anything to help with the stories. They needed a lot of work. Yeah, and uh, I wanted to say uh, this, is, this is kind of funny timing, because just yesterday I watched Karate Kid Part 3, and during Karate Kid Part 3, uh, Daniel's son has a little bit of a change. He, he starts to go to the dark side himself a little bit under the influence of this, uh, this dark trainer. And somehow that yes. cheap crap sequel got the turn better. It was more believable watching Daniel turn into this, this badass than, than this movie. <laughs> it's like, how, how did that happen? You're actually right. And Mr. Miyagi does, he gets a little bit like Yoda in this movie. In that movie, like it was a it was a huge contrast watching them back and forth. Be like, wow, Karate Kid three, one of the worst of the Karate Kid movies, got the change better than this. <laughs> and it's just it's all about dedicating time. They they dedicate time to just stupid crap in this movie that doesn't serve the story at all. Like mm-hmm. I mentioned that opening, I enjoyed that opening on just a, a fun level, but in terms of the story, it's just it's wasting screen time, and it. Ugh. Yeah, just, that's why it's so frustrating. Cause it's like they they could have done it. I feel like Hayden Christensen is working better than he was in that, that other one. But it's just like, ah, just the writing just completely just failed him. But uh, but Steve, uh, did you get any other positives? Because <laughs> I feel like this has been such a negative review. And since I know that you like the movie, said, what, what what were some stuff that stood out for you? Um, well, I I kind of like the. Uh... And Caleb, I know you hate the scene because we've talked prior about it, but the Order 66, I think you wanted to see more of it. Uh, but I, I, I kind of like the transition when Palpatine gives that order out, and then you see kind of the annihilation of the, the Jedi Temple and things like that. I mean, the dark scene where you see Anakin just... You don't see him kill the little younglings, but... Um, and that scene kind of sends a shiver, a, a shiver up my spine. It's just... I thought really well done. Because mm. I wanted, I, 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 admittedly, I wanted this movie to be really dark. Like I wanted to see Anakin turn evil pretty quickly. I, I so when well, I guess when that started to happen, I, I got a hard on. So <laughs> I, I, I actually kind of appreciate what you said, Steve. <laughs> but I don't think the movie was that dark enough. Um, no, it needed to be. Oh no, it needed to be more dark. But yeah. when it started going that route, I was really excited. That's what I was saying. I, I don't. Yeah, I think it failed tonally for me. Uh, when because I I appreciate you know I like that, but it didn't do that for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. Um, I I can't remember. Did they say at the time when this movie came out? Was it like the first Star Wars movie that was like PG yes. thirteen? They made a big deal about PG? it. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah, and okay, so for me, especially the first time I saw it, the whole Order sixty six part and the younglings and all that business, 
that was incredibly intense for me the first time. Uh, and, um, okay, well, yeah, that whole section. And then, of course, like at the end, in the part you guys were goofing on earlier of like um, Padme going through her childbirth and all that, that was incredibly powerful for me. And, I mean, call me a fan or whatever, but I had, I don't know what type of tears they were, but I did have like wet eyes uh, when it hit to like roll credits um, the first time I yeah, saw it. Yeah, me too. Um, and it was, it was, they weren't sad tears. I don't know. They're like nostalgic tears. It was weird. Um, and most times when I watched it later on DVD, um, those parts really... Oh, the other part. Um, when Anakin is lying there on the on the uh, the magma beach, and then he like... When he actually got engulfed in flames, I, I, I felt like I was watching... Um, that famous uh that famous um footage of the the, the oh, monk wow. um yeah, self-immolation like yes i felt like i was seeing that the first time i saw it, i was like oh my i cannot believe they're going here like I, it was so profoundly upsetting in the way it was designed to be like it, it completely hit me the way i guess it was supposed to um the first time and it it still hit me like that watching the movie like years later um those scenes and so i despite all the other shortcomings that are in the movie and in the script and yada 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 those parts have always continued to hit me and like in just like as disturbing and and in all the ways it's supposed to that always still works for me like the 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 scene where obi-wan and anakin are talking to each other before he leaves them on that beach um i thought that was incredibly powerful Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're, I thought you were my brother, or and then he, I hate you. Yeah, in terms of the performance. And by the way, I hate that whole lightsaber duel. By the way, yeah. Um, what? Uh, uh, just because it's it's way too long and it's way too. Oh, and the other thing that's upsetting me more years later um, is just their prox proximity to magma oh, throughout the movie. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, it it really bothers. And that was actually something that even kind of bothered me the first time because few things bothered me the first time i saw the movie but like when anakin's just like standing on that droid <laughs> like even that was like a bridge too far the first time like th that was just no way no oh, it, it makes way. it worse because they're not even like covered in sweat most of the time they just look completely normal that just breaks the reality of the movie and i kept wondering like how do they have the energy for this super intense fight when all the oxygen should be pretty much right. like, difficult for them to inhale. But we get physics do not work the same like in the Star Wars universe as the real world. But yeah, you're absolutely right, though. Um, yeah, and if that was... If I was going to make my own special edition of this movie now, those are, that's the first thing I would change is I would cut out almost everything where they're too close yeah. to magma um, because that stuff is I'm sorry, I, I, you sound like Dr. Evil when you say that. Magma. <laughs> <laughs> Magma. It's the worst. It's the worst. And and speaking of other things that are just not bad in general, like like that scene. Um, do you guys know that there is only one scene in like the whole movie that has a practical set? Oh, I could tell. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> There's only one scene that has a practical set in the entire movie. And what and scene is that, Eric? It's. Whenever you see the interior of the blockade runner, 
That's the only set they actually built. Blockade Runner, what, what's that? You don't have a Blockade Runner? No, we don't know what you're talking about, Eric. No, but that was just... I mean, that's not like a deep fan knowledge. The Blockade Runner is Captain Ant... Well, he's not Captain yet, but that's Antilles' ship. That's the iconic not, ship. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, okay, all right. They don't know, they don't know Eric. I, I thought that was the best. I still don't know what the fuck is. It's a Blockade Runner. Oh, you mean the Tantan Four? I knew what that was when I was like six. No, I... Like, I, I, that wasn't something I read in a I, visual I dictionary. Don't, I don't. Oh my! That's God. the ship you see at the very beginning of the first Star Wars film. Yes, but that was that was the only physical. Set. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. Thank you, Steve, for giving me that concise <laughs> concise answer that I can understand. I thought that had a different I had name. Three, I had to keep getting out to two sentences. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I, th- I thought it had a different name. I thought it was the uh, uh, Krillin Corvette. Is that not it? That's 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 what type of ship it is, but it's it's like it's like the Enterprise and Constitution class. Oh, okay. It's like, like well, yeah, Carillion, whatever. That's the class of the ship, and Blockade Runner is the name of the ship. I thought it was tentative. I thought I, I thought it was I thought it was tentative four or something like that. Tantum four. Yeah, I thought that was the name of the ship. Yeah, now I'm getting even more confused. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't believe we're debating oh, Blockade God. Runner. I know. Let's save this for the original. But uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> but uh oh i forgot we haven't oh, even watched fuck. that yet because is the order we're doing things but um i mean i don't know if you guys want to jump to the end but what about the uh the transformation of uh anakin into the vader suit oh uh do you have any strong feelings during that scene we know sean wanted Padme to have a, a you know a, a late term abortion but oh, no i mean what but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll say for me, no, I had no emotions except for, wow, this is just, this is what we are waiting for, and it's just not playing. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted her to be more Vader, and as a matter of fact, I think back then, the, one of the initial negative responses was there wasn't enough Vader in suit Vader. Like, people wanted to eh. see Vader I, in the suit. I, I don't think that's fair, because we do, we know this is a prequel, we know this is before you know, episode four, and we do get a great scene with Vader, Palpatine, and um, oh yeah, Peter Cushing looking at, looking at the 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 Death Star being constructed. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I like that bit. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I was gonna say this in my my closing statement, but I'll just say it now because it pertains to this. Um, certainly now looking back on it all, and and also going back to what people's expectations were before these movies individually came out. If I had my druthers now, and I could wave my magic wand, okay, we get completely get rid of Phantom Menace. We would start with Attack of the Clones. We'd probably insert some flashback scenes during Attack of the Clones that would uh, get to see some of Anakin being little and and see him get. Like, we do it like a la Godfather Two. We'd show like a few little flashbacks during Attack of the Clones, and that would be the first prequel movie. And then Revenge of the Sith would be like the second prequel movie and that would be, this would be like a good place like for the trilogy like this would be a good place to end off with like um the change and the death of padme and then in the third prequel movie i would propose i don't know exactly what in particular we would deal with but we would basically have vader as vader going around doing vader things pre yeah, that's Hope. great that's that's i think most people will agree with that but I don't think that uh, George Lucas is uh, up to that type of storytelling, if you know what I mean. Not that I could do better. Maybe I could. 
Yeah, and that's really what people really expected before any of these movies came out was something more like that. Yeah, and uh, uh, Isaac, any any thoughts on this this stuff here? <laughs> okay, let's let's see here. <laughs> Transformation happened quite, you know, started with you know Anakin turning to the dark side, and then like obviously the suit. But you're asking specifically for the suit. I never knew what the suit was. I never I never thought to myself like what that was about like if it was supposed to be like a full body suit for protection uh because you know he's completely you know burned because of being too close to lava or being set on fire um i don't know i don't know how i felt about that uh if it was supposed to make me like orgasm well it fa- like george lucas failed to do that but did it at least provide context as to why he's wearing this suit? Absolutely. So I'm satisfied with that reason. So if in his mind, if he thinks that uh, it works, you know, all the jig- all the puzzle pieces fit together, absolutely it fits. To everybody else, I don't know. I don't know, but I guess it works. Yeah, let me just say here, uh, the, the prelude to that scene is, yeah, you guys mentioned the scene where the, the eye of the high ground and then the the legs being chopped off scene. I, I, I've always found that the, the most frustrating bit of this as well. Because it's like, I, I thought Obi-Wan here is supposed to be, in some ways at least, a good guy. But yet his best friend, I mean, you can't tell me that he didn't chop off the, the arms and the legs on not on purpose. There's no way that that was a coincidence. Like, why didn't he just kill him then? Was it so he could give his little bitching speech? Oh, you betrayed me. Oh, I'm going to leave you to burn and suffer. I'm not even gonna finish you off. I'm just gonna leave you there to die, on fire. Like that—that's oh, so sick. That just... is frustrating. I have to admit. Yes. Like you would think, if Obi Wan was an honorable man, even as his worst enemy, he wouldn't just stand there and, like, he literally at one point, Anakin's like screaming in pain when he's burning, and he winces and looks away. He's like, "Oh, I can't look at the the suffering that I just caused." Well, I guess I'll just go away now. It's like, wow. If this was a if this was a superhero. I'd be like, wow, this this superhero is taking a really dark turn. Like he's kind of fucked up, but no, it's it's Obi Wan. Yeah, he's, well, he's left him there to die like that. I always thought that was just why didn't he put him out of his misery? <laughs> just just put yeah. like walk up to Anakin and just push on his shoulders, goes further into the wall. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like an extended scene. He's like, no, please, please. He's just trying to push him. <laughs> <laughs> he puts his finger up to Anakin's mouth. Goes, shh, shh. <laughs> <laughs> just go to sleep just go to sleep <laughs> while i agree with all this um oh my god and i'm probably breaking rules if i mention the kenobi series um no you're breaking the rules yes don't <laughs> mention the outside well it makes without getting into that it, it make it it still it adds to why that still seems pointless to the kenobi series because theoretically Kenobi has a chance to, to right one of his biggest wrongs, and it just perpetuates the ridiculousness of the scene we were just talking about. Yeah, and I just I just don't understand the choice. It, it doesn't add to the tragedy. If anything, it makes Darth Vader more... Well, no, you can't. You can't back him up at this point. I mean, he's completely lost everyone. I mean, the fact that he killed those kids for, like, no reason. He, like, very quickly turns and then does some of the worst things you can imagine. And it's just like... Well, it's just so frustrating. Why couldn't that have been handled better? Why did his first order have to be go and kill those younglings? 
Like, fuck. <laughs> Why would he go and do it? And I also know me saying this is not going to make anything better. It's going to make Sean wince again. Uh. <laughs> I need to go back. I had, in the 80s, I had the comic um, that, that inspired the Mustafar scene, the comic that, that explained how Darth Vader got maimed. Um, I need to go back to that. I just wanted to go back and see it uh, just to see if it was if it was explained any better um, why he was left the way he was in the original comic um, or or not. Because, yeah, I don't know. It's confounding. Um, but going back to Steve's original question, um, I do like the juxtaposition of uh, seeing um, Anakin going through the transformation into uh, Darth versus um, the complicated childbirth. Um, but that being said, an inane thought I, that bothered me back in 2005 was um, leading up to the movie, I had seen the teaser trailer and then the regular trailers a bajillion times before I saw this movie. And I don't know if anyone remembers the teaser as well as I do, because I, I saw it so many times. But um, part of the teaser was Vader being on the table and then like the table rotating upwards and oh. I, I think in the teaser it's it's one or the other but in the teaser he had his his arms bound or his wrists bound by his head and then when you watch the actual movie it's reversed and he has like his wrist ba- bound by his sides on the table as it comes up and for whatever ming mongy reason that bothered the crap out of me back in 2005 and bother- i'm finally over it i went to a support group for this but but it like it really bothered me um, that the way they changed it up uh, from the teaser to the actual movie. It is so funny, Eric, because I mentioned that in like our commentary, our original commentary oh, of this, no. where All I tried to visualize go. it to Caleb and it didn't work. So I just, you know, it's kind of funny. Oh god, it really bothered. Wait, me. What, what bothered you about it? I'm... Because they, I'd seen the teaser a million times of that moment. And then when you watch the actual movie, it's it's just visually completely changed up, and it just <laughs> bothered me that like. And I know they've done that with a million trailers for a million movies, where they show you something that's not actually like literally from the movie, mm. but it's still it it it, it, was, it was just like, oh it bothered you they made the change. I thought you were yeah that was inconsistent with what I saw in the teaser a hundred times. Oh, because I, I know some people hated that his his arms were up instead of. To the side, and I never understood that. Well, it was the switch that bothered me. Yeah. I, I have no preference up or down, just the, the change up. Yeah, and just to uh, just to switch to something positive, even though it's not going to sound like it is. Um, but as I mentioned, the the turning point in the movie for me, where I feel like it really just stops being good, is that scene with Anakin and Mace Windu, and then we get the confrontation when Mace Windu brings the uh, his little little Jedi brigade brigade to. Uh, confront Palpatine and I thought Ian McDermott was doing some really good menacing work up to this point but at this point he just switches gears completely and it's like okay now it's time to just jump right into camp and I I just love his ridiculous performance during those scenes and he's like no no or he's like unlimited power like it's just so (laughs) over the top I was just laughing my head off Oh god! or his facial expressions while he's fighting it's so funny I loved it. I thought it was great. Unlimited power. Yeah, that's great. He's not. Anakin. Oh, oh, oh. 
Oh, and it keeps being hilarious. The more the movie goes on, he just he keeps just amping it up. It's it's so fun, but at the same time, it, it's it's like a weird direct directorial choice. I don't know if George Lucas was completely had lost control of Ian McDermott, but it's like this is a, a pivotal point <laughs> that should be very dramatic, but it just plays as comedic. It's like wow. <laughs> I feel like in this movie, out of the three prequels, that that George Lucas was trying to the, react to the the criticism of the first two of oh, yeah, everyone feeling cardboard. And mm-hmm. so I noticed it, I mean, there's that with Palpatine, but I noticed it with other characters too, that it seems like someone said, no, act more. Like, act, no, no, act more. Uh, I noticed it with multiple characters, but this is obviously the one that like sticks out the most. Oh, but there's a hilarious scene during the fights, fight scene with Mace Windu where... Uh, He's, it's the point of view is on uh, Palpatine. He's just slashing and poking, and they just keep zooming in on his face. And every time he slashes, he makes another like absurd facial expression. I was like, why are we zooming in on this shot? It feels like it's <laughs> intended to be comedy. <laughs> but I don't know. I it's it's such a weird movie. It has such a strange tone. <laughs> oh, but I forgot though that that was another scene that horrified me though the first time as well. I mean, when Anakin. Um, uh, what did he cut off his his hand or his arm or whatever? Yeah, oh, a that, base. That was horrifying. Yes, yes, that mm. was that really got me the first time. Oh, and I love when Palpatine switches into his pathetic routine. Oh, please don't kill me! Oh, I just think that's so funny. Oh, I hate that, <laughs> and also because of the way Mace is dispatched. Um, of course, this is one of those. Oh God, it's it's up there with like the Boba Fett. Like, did he survive the Starlight Pit? Um, this whole thing, like the more they keep making Clone Wars and other ancillary series, the more people are still holding out hope that Mace Windu is still alive out there. Oh my! God. I mean, there's even people what? because because the other another question people have been asking because of Mandalorian is who was who rescued Grogu from the temple, and Mace Windu is one of the the names out oh there just because God. he's one of the unaccounted for people at that time. Unaccounted for what? <laughs> Unaccounted for because, like Game of Thrones, if you don't see the person die, actual die on, and even if you do, that still doesn't mean it. But if you don't see them die on screen, then there's always a hope. And I'm not saying this is my opinion, but this is obviously there's a big segment of fans out there who still hold out that Mace is like doing things in the shadows. So those younglings, those younglings are still kicking around. No, what? it turned out that he didn't really kill him. No, he killed those younglings, but there was other younglings who survived. Hey, it wasn't on screen. If, if we don't see it on screen, they're still alive. That little kid's gonna come back. Mandalorian season three. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. No, I see what you're saying. No, no, but no, but we do see the we. No, we're. I don't think it's. In, don't we at some point see, uh, like a hologram of Anakin like stacking the bodies? Or no, we don't. At all. No, that's not. Oh, that that's might not be from thing. another Star Wars thing. I wish we did. Okay, now don't worry about that. Um, to close it out, <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> we're not closing out yet. <laughs> you weren't here for our four-hour episode of Avatar recently. Oh God! Wait, yes. was it four hours? Oh, my. Well, no, it's just that once you get Eric started on something, like he, he's not going to stop. You know, like oh, this is like the blah 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 and the blah blah. I don't know what the fuck. And I'm still waiting for for Isaac and Steve. I haven't heard too much from them in this episode. I need to. uh... All right. Well, here. Okay. Hey, Steve. Steve, I gotta tell you something. So I literally am at the scene where uh, Obi Wan and Yoda they're at the 
Jedi Temple, mm. and they're about to disable the code. You know, or they just disabled the code. Sorry, um, the distress signal to bring all the Jedi back so they could get lured and whatnot. Yeah, and I'm looking at them right now, watching the monitor as we see Anakin pledge his allegiance to Darth Sidious. Mm. That is a shout out only to them, to these guys, these three talking about Kenobi. I just wanted to point. Oh to yes, that's right. I forgot we brought. That oh, up. and Eric, to make you even more triggered. Oh no, Revan. Reva, let's not get into Kenobi here. This let's save this for another discussion. <laughs> I know. I'm just. I just. I just listened to that. Oh I listened to God. that on Tuesday, so I'm just. I, I just want to trigger Eric even more. Yeah, yeah, I think I saw that somewhere in some YouTube video. I, yeah, I can't some... even with that. Yeah, Sean will click off this. this I mean, they, call are, they only. They already like you know, <laughs> freaking Revan's been diddled so much, man. His mask gets stolen by Kylo Ren. Now his name gets stolen by somebody else. Speaking of which, where was Reva in all this? We didn't see her. Where was the Yeah, let's in all save this, this for our uh, oh, Andor. There's no Andor reason to bring that stuff up right now. No, 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 no. because it's 2005, and none well, of let's that is let's relevant. go to uh, let's go to another great. Uh, I mentioned <laughs> I like some of the lines in this movie. I think another one of the really good lines is: "We see creepy old monster face Palpatine. He's addressing the Senate. He's like, oh, everyone, even though my my appearance has changed, I've been deformed.'" I still want to protect us all and create a galactic empire. And everyone starts clapping. And I love how, I love uh, Padme during that scene. She keeps, she's looking around, she's like, oh shit, like everything's falling apart right in front of me. And all these morons are clapping. And she has that great line, uh, so this is how Liberty dies, with thunderous applause. Yeah, there's just a couple of those little bits that, that really work in a movie that just really doesn't work. It's it's curious. <laughs> if you look at if you look at her hairpiece during that scene. Jeez. <laughs> What? What? If you look, if you no. look at, you just open, you just open it up. If you look at her hairpiece during that scene, it explains everything about what. And I, I, I just okay. You if know, you whatever. look at her hairpiece during that scene, it resembles oh. like the sigil of the Rebel Alliance. Oh no! I was gonna say it does. Uh, I'm not making that up. I was gonna say where's the uh, the Clone Wars episode we find out that she Steve, did her hair in a, Steve, hold in a me. No, but speaking of that scene, besides the hairpiece, uh, <laughs> um, because you know, I I, I, ch I checked into this movie because I just watched it today, and I put my little short review on Letterboxd. I was looking at other user reviews. Oh, it was um, a short review. Okay. Yeah, mine was. But I was looking at the other user reviews for this movie, and you can tell like most of them were done like in the last two years. You know, they're fresh takes, and because mm. of that scene you just spoke of. Caleb, a lot of people referenced it in their little short reviews because a lot of people, I saw multiple people kind of say the same thing, which was, you know, seeing this scene, you know, has like it, like, um, how can I paraphrase? Like seeing this scene now, it takes on a whole new resonance, like in the age of like post Trump. And so I, I saw a lot of associations between Trump and that particular scene. Uh, well, oh wow! When Sith came out, Bush Junior was in office, and I and I pretty sure Lucas. Oh did yeah, not like Bush. yeah, oh yeah. He said he and, said and that. It, yeah, it was a commentary on Bush's um, policies overseas. Yes, re-election. Even it would have been not too long after this when this came out. The the Asian yeah. aliens that Sean loves, like supposedly that character <laughs> New Gunray was supposed to be like Donald Rumsfeld. Oh, I thought it was New Gingrich. <laughs> I mean the oh, name, wait. it's right there. <laughs> oh, well, maybe well, he's probably the one standing next to him. 
Yeah, and they're too stupid. It's uh, they're the Bush and and Palpatine's drum spell. Well, yes, George Lucas has said many times on on camera that George Bush and his administration was part of it, but he also has said that yes, it's inspired by them, but it's it's also supposed to just signify like any you know tyrannical whatever. Okay. I, I, and I just love that he had that he was aware of Trump at the time, if he only knew. <laughs> oh, certainly, certainly. I forgot about the Palpatine prequel book where it turns out his first name's uh, Dick. Mm. <laughs> anyone gets that? <laughs> well, they went on their own. I don't that's a stupid joke. <laughs> Never mind. I was going to say something about going hunting. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shot his best friend. <laughs> Lightsabered him. When they were womp oh. rat hunting. <laughs> Wampa rat. <sighs> <laughs> Oh, but um, speaking of, uh, we, we were talking a little bit about the awkward turn with Anakin, and, and I, I don't think I got into uh, feeling like his motivations were weird. Um, I thought the scene with Padme when she comes to Mustafar to confront him, I thought it was really oh bizarre God. that he started talking about how he was planning to overthrow Palpatine, and together they could rule the universe. I was like, what? Where, where is this coming from? Like, I completely you, lost yeah, track. Yeah, you thought that was weird? That that was weird. That was when you thought the the, the dialogue was weird. <laughs> well, I mean, in terms of his motivations, because at that point he feels like he wasn't even a character for a while. Oh, there, okay. There's a part All of right. me. There's a part of me that even wonders, like the scenes when he has his creepy monster eyes, his demon eyes. That I he's such a non-character during those scenes. I almost wonder if Palpatine's like mind controlling him. Um. I think that's wishful thinking. But why else would he have the demon? I mean, maybe yeah, you're right. It's special thing. They're just not explained. <laughs> it's no, it, you know, because you're right, and I, and I'll go with Sean and everyone. Well, most everyone here probably. It's it's fucking terrible. It is fucking terrible. I oh god, Be, because whenever a movie makes me really uncomfortable, um, because someone dies seemingly unnecessarily or whatever, you know, my brain when I rewatch, like I said, when we rewatch Titanic. Like, somehow I want Jack to live. Like, somehow it's going to be different when I watch the movie this time. So I, the same thing happens to me watching this movie. Um, because I'm like, why is Padme going to Mustafar? Why don't you just stay where you are? Like, you no, know, pregnant women shouldn't be traveling, like, across the galaxy. And, and, like, what is she? Why is she going? And then, God, conveniently, Obi-Wan is, is stowing away <laughs> on her ship. Oh, my God. It's, uh... It's, oh, that's that's. No, 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 no. That's explained. That's explained because Yoda tests. Obi-Wan. It is explained, but it's it. No, I understand he's he's hiding away, but she shouldn't even be going there in the first place. Is really what I'm lamenting. Like, oh god. It, oh, and the oh. dialogue. And then he force chokes her. Oh my god. But the dialogue in that scene when she's like, "You're breaking my heart, Anakin. You're going down a path I can't follow." And then I love the. It's almost like a, a comedy shot. When he's like getting mad at her, and then next thing you know, we cut to Obi Wan standing at the top of the ramp with his his hands on his uh, his hips. I, I burst into laughter during that scene. Oh, really? Huh. <laughs> I don't. I, it's painful. It's painful. It felt like it felt like comedy timing to me the way they cut that together. Now, maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe I'm interpreting this wrong. But they were saying because because Obi Wan wanted to know where Anakin was. You're right. And right. He goes to yeah. Padme. He confronts him. Her. And I'm, I was thinking this as well. I was like, wait a second. How come these two? Shouldn't these two be friends? 
I kind of I, I lament that where I wish that there was more time devoted to these two being friends, not romantic, just friends. Yeah. Because yeah. they, you know, they had their adventures together in episode one. So I'm like, you know, shouldn't they also be like, you know, have a friendship? I guess not. Um, but he he kind of, in a way, lures Padme to or she, he he. I'm not saying Jedi mind tricks her, but he kind of. Mm. Gives her the idea and the thought to like go look for Anakin after he tells her this, and so uh, you know I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, that makes sense. In a way, this kind of makes Obi Wan not look great in that he kind of lures her over there. Oh, there's plenty that makes him not look great in this. Yeah, he's a fucker. Yeah, <laughs> then he ma- like so he makes this pregnant woman go find her husband, and then you know her husband's uh, an, a complete psycho, and <laughs> and then you know. As soon as like he reveals himself, uh, you know, Stanley proudly with his you know hands at his hips, all of a sudden he's like the husband gets abusive towards his wife and chokes her to death. Like that is, yeah, you know, you, you're right, you're right, and I know I'm not supposed to say this either. Um, oh no, <laughs> but it no, it's like Shades of Luthen and other characters in that other thing that doesn't exist to some people here. Um, uh. It, oh, stuff that happens in other stuff. Yeah, I, I, I have no control over this. Where, where like the good, where the good guys <laughs> do nasty tricks, like the bad guys do in the Star Wars <clears throat> universe. It, it um, definitely has shades of that. I'm just sitting here mercilessly, like uh, the guy, the new guy to comic book meetup. I, oh, you there know, you go. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. Actually, I see Sean is like, um, what's his nose from Clockwork Orange? Except the things are on his ear holes instead of his eyelids. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I'm, that's how I see you in this conversation because you don't want to be privy to uh, the the deep Sith talk. No, no, no. I'm no. I'm more like Sleeping Beauty because I'm almost <laughs> literally falling asleep over here. Because I, I don't know what you're all talking about. It it's not pertinent to the movie. It is pertinent. <laughs> Sean, uh, were you in the hospital again when this movie was playing, or did a cat scratch? You no, <laughs> no, I wasn't in the movie. I wasn't in the hospital again. <laughs> I want to know. Actually, I'm kind of curious about Sean's opinion on one character in this film that we haven't talked about. It's something gay. Watch this. Watch this. It's something gay. Sean, do you think so and so is gay? Was Zero in this? I wish. Uh, so, Sean, what do you think of the character uh, Doctor Spock? Oh, come on. <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere. Uh, I hate you so much. How about this? I hate uh, you. I-, I don't like the Star Trek, so... <laughs> Sean, Sean, how did you feel about uh, everyone's beloved returning character? I know we were all excited about this. It was all in the press. Oh, no. He was, he was making the rounds in the late night talk shows. Our old buddy Chewbacca returned again. Oh, goodbye, Tarfo. Goodbye, Chewbacca. I love you so much. Like I, I was just rolling my eyes. I was like, "Wow." <laughs> didn't like it. Well, wait, Caleb, what are you? What was that supposed to be? Yoda? <laughs> Goodbye, room. Goodbye, TV. <laughs> That's what I was yeah. thinking of. <laughs> Good night. It was a cross. It was a cross. <laughs> that sounded more like Mr. Plinkett, but okay. <laughs> we have an, an-, an-, an antagonist, a protagonist. Um, no, Chewbacca, no, this is, why, you know, Chewbacca and Yoda are working together in this. Um, I haven't, I haven't seen that since I played with my action figures when I was five years old. 
And then, like, everything's going along, you know, more or less smoothly. I don't love it, but whatever. And all of a sudden, we're, oh, there's uh, the Council of Chewbacca. The the Wookiees, I'm sorry. The Wookiees. And they're working with you. I, 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 no. Yeah. No. They have this teary-eyed goodbye scene. I, I never understood why Lucas felt the urge to include you know, younger versions of characters in the original trilogy, like Chewbacca. We had Greedo from, from The Phantom Menace, a young little Greedo helping Anakin. Well, oh. <laughs> what was that, Eric? I have, I have an answer. I, I have an answer. I, I have an answer. I know exactly why. What do you got? We, we, were, we went to Why, why was C-3PO built by Anakin? I mean, like, it's just... Oh, it's fuck really that. need to go there. <laughs> so, the answer is... Uh, this is okay. This may be making links, but don't worry, Sean. There's no extra media I'm looking at here. But let, let's look okay, at there. We go. Right. So, Return of the Jedi. Lucas wanted to have the battle be set on Kashik, which I actually oh, yeah. like. That actually mm. would have been pretty oh, cool. Yeah, and, yeah. and and you know what? Something else we would have seen that like, hey, Kashik is under Imperial law. I wonder why in this film. Oh, that's why because like you know we saw that there was an invasion and they put clone troopers there and then order 66 happens so you can almost say like well they enslaved the wookies at that point so it, mm. it all sets up mm. perfectly yeah like famously or at least in the script of return of the jedi we were to go to the world of kashik and see wookies you know these seven foot like three tall um giant you know furry guys all right <laughs> and we didn't furry do guys. that furry guys sorry fuzzballs myself yeah, oh, okay different kind of furries sure fuzzballs um and so lucas was like oh i'll make up for that and so he puts the wookies in kashik for uh 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 no reason yeah um yeah i was gonna ask uh, do you guys think that this looks better than the version in uh, the holiday special what do you think is the better representation <laughs> of the wookie planet okay now that's <laughs> the one media you can't bring up <laughs> got a problem with that it is the holidays coming up by the way you haven't seen it, Sean? Oh no! Well, just I, wait. No, it's it's better than the holiday special. I I saw yes. the holiday special. I think <laughs> when it was first on. <laughs> I started watching some of it recently. It had Art Carney. Again. It had uh, B. Arthur. It had who else? Oh, B. Arthur. Yep. Do, 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 do. Now look, I was gonna say on this subject. Yeah, I was aware of the whole Kashi connection, and I'm fine with that bit. Like, go ahead, reintroduce that here, but. In particular, though, yes, like the just like showing particular characters for no real special reason. There's some that work in the prequels, but certainly the Greedo thing is ridiculous, and certainly the Chewbacca thing is ridiculous. Wait, wait a minute. Um, if if I may, the Greedo character that that's not necessarily Greedo in the Phantom Menace. That's that's no. probably a. Uh, a guy in the same species as Greedo. No, no, no. They, they name him. Do they, do they name really? him in the movie? I know they yeah, named him. Yeah, they named him. Yeah, I remember that. I'm yeah. Pretty, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure, like, the little Indian, Asian-looking little kid who hangs out with Anakin. I want, Or maybe it was Anakin himself. One of those kids referred to him, like, as Greedo. And, of course, oh. it's Warwick Davis in the suit. You can tell. But... Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, no, he's named. He's named in the prequel. It's not just... a random road road and road however you pronounce it. Rodian. Rodian. Rodian, Yes. But yeah, and Chewbacca. Okay, like I said, I'm fine with the whole Kashyyyk thing. I get it. 
And you, you could have just shown him on the side, and I could even accept that. But that particular scene when Yoda says goodbye, that is just over the top. And stuff like that is like a prelude of the issues that are going to happen in the future in the Disney era. And that stuff is not cool. Oh, I was sure uh, Chewbacca was going to pull a tissue out of his purse and start opening his eyes. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, and I, I will say... I actually do like the battle scene that we see on Kashyyyk. I think that's one of the better battle scenes in the movie. Except for uh, the Tarzan call. But... Yes. Except well, that for was the... a call back to Jedi, apparently. Both were stupid. Should have never been yeah. in Return of the Jedi. I thought the Jedi one was funny when I was a kid, but yeah. Oof. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I was um, a kid! <laughs> well, your little kid self, you know, bad taste. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, I, I generally like it too. But it does look like a video game cutscene when you watch it now. The whole Kashyyyk business. It's like half this movie. And I remember it was cool and people liked it at the time. The, the one when uh, Yoda's in the treehouse and he's just looking. And then that shot, that blast comes almost at his feet. Everyone thought that was super cool at the time. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sean, in the, in the script, uh, Lucas oh, was what? mulling over uh, the fact that he was going to put Han Solo... Uh, we're oh, gonna see fuck. Han Solo. Oh, I forgot uh, on Kashyyyk with, with during the battle of I guess Kashyyyk. Yeah, kid Han Solo is he was gonna be like there with his general dad or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Fuck. A, this this isn't wait. Why are you asking me this question? I don't. <laughs> oh think no, no, I'm, no, I'm telling you. I'm not. I'm not asking. Okay. You. I'm just telling you. Like, <laughs> I'm just, so, just telling you. Yeah, just to like say like there Han Solo would have been in this film. No. Um, would that have improved it for you? Would you have been like, oh, this is so rich. It makes the movie so much stronger seeing this. Boy. No, no, it doesn't. I'm, I, no. Oh, it would be just be like a kid and Han Solo with his general. No, that doesn't do anything. That's like three <laughs> seconds in a bucket of diarrhea, like three drops of clear water. And a, oh, I hate this movie and everything that you're all talking. I, I just. <laughs> I'd only accept it if it was a CGI River Phoenix. <laughs> Would have been very well uh, picked, yeah. <laughs> but also tasteless. Oh fuck! And also, by the way, speaking of that, fuck all of you who are like hating on this new Indiana Jones trailer. Uh, Indiana Grandpa. I didn't hate on it. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I've not seen the trailer yet. I've just seen a lot of hate on the onlines. Me Steve, too. can you help? Steve is one of the haters, I think. I saw him writing articles. Oh, I'm, I'm looking really, far, <laughs> really forward to it. I, I saw some hate, but I didn't see the overwhelming hate. Hey, when is it released, by the way? I think it's like uh, May. 2024. Uh, it's yeah, May. There's another movie coming out that's coming out at the same time, and I'm trying to remember what it is, but I'm looking forward to that, too. Terrifier 2? <laughs> no. It's already out. 2023 or 2024? <laughs> 3. Oh, but... Um... Okay, thank you. I want to say it's a Disney film, and I and I hate Disney. Is it not Paramount? Is it Disney? What else is in there? Oh, well, I think it's all. Oh. Yeah, it is owned by Disney now. I'm pretty sure with the Lucasfilm bio. Oh man, what Indiana Jones? Well, that's gonna suck for the opening. Then it's not gonna have the Paramount Mountain, which fades in the background and shows another mountain. That's gonna suck. Oh yeah, that would suck. Yeah, that really is gonna stink. Or uh, or potentially, what did they show in the fourth one again? It was like an ant. No, it was a Gopher Hill. That's what it was. A it was Gopher. A... That's it. Yeah. It was a CGI yeah. Gopher film Hill. That wasn't so great, but. But to point another really good line, a line that really uh, stirred me, I love when Palpatine, uh, when he knocks Yoda over and he's like, my little green friend. <laughs> I burst into laughter there. I thought of Kermit the Frog. 
I thought of Kermit the Frog when he said that. I was waiting for Miss Piggy to come out of Yoda's mouth. Start whooping Palpatine's butt. That would have been funny. And Miss Piggy comes out and defends him. I'll take you on. Oh, I kind of want to see her with a lightsaber now. That would have been funny. You guys are not taking this movie seriously. Hey, no, well. of course we're not! <laughs> Caleb keeps talking about it. I keep shutting off. And then, like, Caleb starts like, what about the scene where blah, blah, blah happens? And I'm like, oh, I was just going to have a snooze. <laughs> What about the scene where, oh, uh, what, 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 what? And he's like, what about the scene where Emperor Palpatine played the drum? I don't, I don't know. How about this, uh, how about this line uh, during that scene <laughs> with uh, the, the big uh, com- confrontation between Anakin and Obi-Wan when he says, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. Even when I was a little kid, I was like, "That's that line just seems so clunky." Did something about that? Just doesn't seem like a human would say it. No, it. <laughs> oh yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's a bad line, but it's a good sentiment. The way the way that you just the way that you just posed it, I thought it would be like a match game. Like from my point of view, the blank are evil. <laughs> no, okay. that's what happened to Lucas. He was watching that program, and yeah. yeah. By the way, Indy is a Paramount slash Amblin Entertainment uh, movie. Oh, in, wow. In, ha- in half of the world, it's being distributed by Disney, and in the other half of the world, it's being distributed by Paramount. Oh, what a clusterfuck. Okay. We don't, we don't need to talk about that anymore. Okay, I'm tired. Uh, I'm falling asleep. Oh, I'm going to die. Oh, I'm dying. I swear to God. I'm, whatever nursing home Sean ends up in, I'm going to get myself in, and I'm going to be... Just like talking about Star Trek and Star Wars in the in the in the common room, like every day. He'll be bringing this by every week. Yeah, no, yeah, I'll be I'll be asleep at like five o'clock in the morning, and then I'll be waking up by, but ah! you know, an Avatar, you know, James Cameron, he made fourteen movies. Yeah, I don't give a shit. He only made seven so far. Yeah, yeah. I've got another line. I got another line for you guys that I wrote oh, down. God. Okay, maybe it's going to be Caleb that's there at the old people's home. <laughs> he's going to be an orderly. I just, I couldn't believe these. I couldn't believe these lines. Uh, this, this one's from uh, our old pal Yoda. It's, uh, uh, what does is, what is Palpatine say? He's saying something about how he's taking things over and he's going to exterminate the Jedi, something like that. And then stupid Yoda has to say, not if anything to say about it, I have. And it's yeah. like, oh, that's his one-liner? That... It's like, oh my god! Ooh, we're gonna put that in the happy toy meal, the happy meal toy. I mean, mm. I even wrote in my notes. I said, "Fuck that line! Fuck this character!" <laughs> it's just so, like that stuff was charming in Empire Strikes Back. I don't know why it's so just terrible in this movie. Uh, Steve, I don't know. <laughs> Do you have any? How how'd you feel about Yoda? I well, I I I loved him, and I I think you're a bastard. Well, that's fair. That's fair. I am a bastard. Oh my god! Steve, I, think, Steve. I think I think I think you're 100 percent wrong. <laughs> well, that's oh fair. My I, I thought it was great. I, I loved it. I thought it, I had no problem okay. with mine. What about me, Steve? Oh, it's Sean. Uh, yeah. You're a bastard too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just saw this the no scene. Oh Jesus Christ! And just to add insult to injury for me on that scene, when, go back and watch it. I know you guys won't, but people at home. Wait, uh, which no scene was it? The no, no, or was it the Vader? No. no! When oh, okay, <laughs> when Vader steps off his bed. Okay, so he has his arms pinned down by his sides, but uh, when you watch oh, the no. damn movie 
on the on the special edition Disney whatever cut, the connectors for his wrist braces are still up by his head where they were in the teaser, yeah. and yeah. his hands yeah. are inexplicably connected where there's no connectors oh my. Oh my. down by his God. waist. So even though they retroactively switched it up, they still left like the original. My and this is all digital. God. So why didn't they just digitally fix it? It's not like it was a real physical table. It's all digital. You've cracked the whole fucking thing open with <laughs> that. Yeah, the nut is cracked. It's you can figure it out. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Oh, it now it's bullshit. Sense. Steve, how could you defend this movie with that moment there? <laughs> They're just doing it to rile me up. <laughs> it's personal. Steve, are you? George, he, uh, yeah. He's got it out for the fans. Steve, Steve, what do you have to say to that? <laughs> he's, he's gone. Sorry, I was getting, I, was, I, was, I got a soda. Sorry. <laughs> I was getting thirsty. Where <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Don't worry about it. It's not important. Did you know I was at the grocery store today? And okay. Oh, they have this seven, um, seven. No, Sprite has Great released Foley. a special edition cranberry, cranberry vodka, or it's the the winter winter. No, no. Winter, uh, yeah, it would be great with vodka. Winter's winter's uh, cranberry spiced winter by Seven Up. Are you guys pilking? What's that? Don't it's this okay. thing that it's this thing that Pepsi has been trying to promote recently in their commercials, um, with uh, mixing milk with Pepsi and drinking. Oh milk. God, Jesus wept. Well, apparently, I don't know if it was Laverne or Shirley, but that was like her signature drink in the show. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that sounds horrific. But I didn't know about this pilking until recently. But weirdly, almost a year ago, I started putting heavy cream on my Dr Pepper, and that is actually delicious. Uh, uh. What? I started putting heavy creamer in Dr. Pepper. No, I heard, I heard you. I just can't imagine it. Yeah, no, I can't imagine it. it well, I, I figured it's like it's almost like a float because it tastes almost like a float, so it made sense to me. Yeah, it's a little bit like uh, if y'all ever go have Thai iced tea. Oh, yes. They, yeah. yeah. That's what inspired me, by the way, yes. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I should mention this uh, back to the movie. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. Um, as, uh, as a lifelong asthmatic... I don't accept General Grievous as a as a piece of representation for us asthmatics. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes, I really think he needs to go on a daily steroid to clear that uh, cough of his up. I, I fun think fact: Do you know whose cough it was? Because it wasn't the voice actor doing the coughing. For George, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, who was it? The actor choking on the script when he had to read that those lines. <laughs> no, someone just said the answer. What, Lucas? Yes, it was Lucas. He was the one oh. who voiced the cough. But, <laughs> but like like he can't breathe. He's walking and I'm like, I I can you know, I, I relate to this guy and then like all of a sudden he goes into like you know lightsaber acrobatics and it's like, dude, uh, how are you doing that? And then he goes out <laughs> into outer space. He obviously is not breathing air, but yet he's coughing and choking. How? What do you? That's a very good point. Do you yeah. breathe or not? No, he, I don't. I don't just, get he it. He just pulled a Leia. That is a very good point. No, it, yeah, it always I, made sense to me that he just held his breath and he's. And also, space does not work the same as Star Wars established the way it does in our world. No. Okay. 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 Eric. 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 I'm going to put this right here. Oh. I do not want you to defend this movie. <laughs> Leave it to Steve. 
Yeah, Eric. Eric's already given up his ability to be like, I like this movie. You, you've already bashed it enough. There you go. No, he no, no. The... Despite all those, <laughs> I can still be honest about it. But I do like it at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm just kidding. But 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 since we're talking about that early scene, I also wrote my notes to another line that I loved, or didn't love, and that's when uh, General Grievous goes into the escape pod. Then he goes, <laughs> "Time to abandon ship." And I was like, "Oh my god, is he talking to the camera now? Like he sounds like a Danger Mouse villain." Yeah. Like, what is that? I, I don't I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Sean, I have the answer right here in my visual dictionary. Oh. Oh, okay. You fucking. <laughs> So, All right. uh, what is it? Uh, so, Indian Grievous brain, spinal cord, and internal organs were transferred to the armor. So, yeah, whatever. Um, okay, very cool. Oh, so he's basically he's basically space Robocop. Yeah, yes, that's yes. really all he is. Yes. Um, yes. Oh, there you go. Oh. But um, so you didn't know that? I guess technically his eyes are also because they're still reptilian in his Kalish yes. uh, alien. Uh, mm, the, mm, mm. Um, gut sack is pressurized synth, uh, synth skin, as they call it, allowing Grievous to survive in a vacuum. Okay. There you go. And as for how that cough occurred, I don't know what CG Wars did, but I know exactly which micro series uh, explained it away. Okay. All right. <laughs> he smoked too many cigarettes. That's pretty much it. No, but yeah. I am with Sean. What Sean said way earlier in this conversation about Grievous. Um, leading up to the movie, you know, seeing the toys come out and the whatever, whatever's. Um, and by the way, I use for years I mispronounced his name as General Grievous. Um, and so, sure. <laughs> but I was super anticipating that character for this movie, and I read some of that stuff that uh, that Isaac just read. I read some of that stuff before I saw the movie. Um, and I was like really looking forward to like seeing that realized or some of his backstory being realized like in the actual movie. And a la, what's his name? Um, um, what the hell is his name? Uh, Allah Akbar. Allah Allah. No, Allah. Uh, what's his the the stupid guy in the in the sequel trilogy, the big bad, um, for the first two. Um, Allah. Oh, him. Uh, whatever his name is. Uh, 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 How did I forget his name? Yeah, even I'm blanking on his name. The guy Circus plays. Um, okay, just like that anticlimactic business in the sequel where like, oh, why do you build this character and then it's just like Snoke. dispatch like nothing. Snoke. Supreme yeah, Snoke. 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 Or the shiny one um, in, in the sequel series. Um, Captain Phasma. Is that her name? Yes, uh, like just like those ridiculous characters, I hated how Grievous was like this thing that was sort sort of built up to something and turned into a zero burger. And the same thing with Dooku, because after the climax in Attack of the Clones, for him to get dispatched in the first ten minutes, all this stuff felt like Stoke before Snoke to me. Um, mm. And that was oh my god, I, I really didn't like that because again, I thought because the because Lucas lied or the the promotion team lied. Like, I felt like I was getting sold a different bill of goods, like going into the movie. So that that was certainly something upsetting. I, I mean, I'm I'm I put all I'm at peace with all that stuff now, but I'm just remembering old wounds. I think I felt something similar with uh, Darth Maul. Yeah, I've never really understood the love of that character, but he was so he was so iconic in those trailers for the Phantom Menace, and then he was such a nothing in the movie. Well, he looked so badass. Yeah, he looked badass, but yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're right, but I st he was still cool for what we got. I'm just going to throw this out there. I think watching this again, 
uh, and seeing Grievous's armor, I'm like, okay, whoever like made that, the, no, not smoothness. I forget what like the type of material it's called, but like how whoever made that like make it made his skin or his like skeleton look really. I don't know, like organic almost, but it's separated. Mm. I really love that look. It actually makes it. I, I it's, it looks just as good in live action as as he does in um in the micro series, but retroactive, this no one's gonna care. Uh, but it's so funny how he looks exactly like Escafone does in A Girl in Gaia. It's just so freaking funny how like oh organic armor he does. That. <laughs> Deep cut. <laughs> So that's just a retroactive thing of like, wow. Wow, I never associated those two things, but I get it. I get it. And I will say... I'm glad someone got it. Uh, the, the toy was super... Or the figure, the action figure for Grievous was super cool. Like, it, it, was, it, was, it was... That was a remarkable toy. Oh, and uh, this podcast has been so all over the place <laughs> up to this point. But um, to jump over to the Order 66 scene, uh, as I said, the, the Night of the Long Knives... Um, as much as I find that scene frustrating because it's kind of like, uh, I just don't give a damn about any of these Jedis. It's it's It kind of feels like a waste of screen time seeing all of them. Um, I do love seeing Felucia, the, the, that planet. I wish we spent more time there. Um, Felucia, get it? Wink, wink. Yeah, I definitely get it. I, Sean, I'm sure he doesn't get it, but <laughs> it's a really colorful <laughs> uh, kind of plant-looking planet. We we don't need to explain it. It's okay. No, it's just in the name. Forget yeah. what it, the, the planet actually looks like. It's just the name. Um, but I but I also think John Williams does a really uh, nice piece of music during that scene too. Oh, absolutely. It's got a really somber tone. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very triggering if I listen to that score. That's again why this movie I find so frustrating because there's so many things that that work in a movie that just overall just does not work for me almost at all. Well, like, it's such a strange dynamic. <laughs> I could say that about any Star Wars movie that I'm not too keen on. That's always the case because even the one I hate the worst, there's positive things I could say about it. That that I guess that just comes with the Star Wars territory. I guess it's because even if they don't all work, obviously people behind the scenes are putting as much love into it as they possibly can. Yeah, and I, I was curious for you, uh, uh, Eric, as someone who uh, I think you represent this point of view. Um, with the with the sequels, I know a lot of people were pissed. Like, oh, I can't believe it. Uh, R two D two and C three PO they've been so underplayed. They've been so demoted as characters. Like, oh, we can't believe this. But I feel like both of them have like next to nothing to do in this movie at all. And I was watching it like, man, are th- are those people pissed about this movie, or they just don't care at all? It seems really inconsistent. The <laughs> I don't know what what camp I'm in on this. I don't know what camps there are to be in, but. It makes sense. Like, see, like they're forced in this movie where they shouldn't be forced. Whereas in the sequels, they should have much more presence, and they don't. So, mm-hmm. so it's 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 damned if you do, damned if you don't, both ways. Because they're forced in this movie where they shouldn't really be. Um, so to me, it makes sense that they're not the focus. But then they should have been, or any legacy character should have been more focused on in the sequels. I'm not saying they have to take over the movie, but they certainly, I mean, yeah. So I, I feel like it's confounding on both ends of the stick. Uh, for me, I don't know what, what place they have in the, the prequels at all. I, I wish they weren't there whatsoever. <laughs> I'd be okay with that too. Um, and I know we. I mean, it was already, I mean, said by us and others on, on the previous movie, Attack of the Clones, 
but it's just wow all of a sudden r2d2 has so many more powers back in the day that just never come to light again and who wanted to see who knew that uh, c3po had a history on a, a battle droid body like why didn't that come up when he was telling his story to the fuck. ewoks oh fuck well that's the one good thing about the stupid memory wipe yeah um, oh and that's another thing i remember people were bitching about rise of skywalker oh they erased c3po's memories all this history it's gone they do the same thing here no one was bitching because here it was supposed to be a retcon and in the sequels it's a fuck con oh it's all stupid <laughs> That's why I'm. That's why I'm so baffled by the complaints. I'm like, I did, you guys are here with your prequel resurgence. All the things you're complaining about were are already uh, done in these prequels, but you guys just missed it somehow. But no, but but still, I mean, because this is sort of closing out the prequel era for this podcast discussion series. Thank um, God. <laughs> I, I just, I just think is it is it really closing it out? <laughs> is it really closing it out, Eric? Well, there's oh, other prequels, wait, but they're not considered part of the prequel trilogy. <sighs> I but, got four um, more hours. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is interesting to me, though, looking back now in 20... Oh, yeah, we're still in 22. Um, looking back, though, how reviled the prequels were, like, approximately 2005 to 2012-ish, somewhere like that. They were generally reviled, especially by the older crowds. Um, and they are looked upon much more fondly post disney era much more fondly i mean not people don't all universally love them or anything like that but people look up upon them as if so much stuff has been forgotten uh is how i see it now looking back like much has been forgiven it seems by most people at large or fans at large yeah i don't get it i don't get it and I feel like uh, so much of it is like, well, I mean, you can say this was bad, but look how much worse these prequels are, or these sequels are. Right, It's almost right. like they're excusing this just so they can bash the other ones. It's, it's kind of odd to me. It, it, yeah, I kind of agree with you on that. Okay. Although I do like them more now because of Clone Wars. Jesus. Yeah, sorry, the footnote. <laughs> sorry, Sean, you gotta... <laughs> that. This is six months in the making, Sean. We got a, we got a lot to unpack here. Yeah, a lot of pent up. <laughs> But Steve, uh, maybe maybe I'll pass it on to you. Do you, do you have any other lingering? Uh, I guess we should make our last kind of rounds before we end this for Sean's sake. <laughs> you know, any other lingering things you wanted to mention? Uh, I kind of enjoy hearing Sean suffer a little, so we can keep going if you want. Um, <laughs> oh sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, kind of it, it just in the discussion of the, with the prequels versus the sequels. I I, I foresee in twenty years people liking the sequels because <laughs> i remember <laughs> when the pre- when the, when the prequels were done people hated them i was not i was not in that camp but yeah it's just is what it is i think i think people are going to look back on current doctor who with uh jody whittaker and go oh she was great <laughs> she's one of my she's my favorite i think it's gonna happen just yeah i already see those folks there's a passage of time the wounds will heal. No, things will, you know. I see it more with Star Wars, oh, not God. as much with the Doctor Who comparison. I already see it. I've actually seen a lot of people who say that they discovered new Doctor Who during this era. They're like, oh, I found out. I started the show with Jodie, and I'm in love with her. I think she's such a great doctor. Are you, like, on tweener message boards or what? No, I'm just in, <laughs> I'm in various Doctor Who Facebook groups. Because <laughs> I know there's some people out there, but I don't think most of them are old enough to have a driver's license yet. 
Oh no, some of them are some of them are in their their middle ages. Yeah, mainly women, I'll say. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I see some of that on on the Twitter. Yeah, um, but how about you, Isaac? If we're making our rounds, I'm sure Isaac has something lingering to say. <sighs> so, Caleb, Qui Gon's in this movie. Uh, what? What is he? No, is he's he? just mentioned by Master Yoda uh, when they're on the Tantin floor. Oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you killed Eric! You killed Eric! That's my grievous impersonation. Gotta get on that steroid. Yeah, oh, flow vent. That's what I take. Oh my god, that's good stuff. Yeah. Now, now, uh, yeah. <laughs> publicizing my medical uh, history there you go oh my god that just felt like lucy taking away the football but go ahead isaac i don't know where, where were you going with this 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 uh, tease to us oh i just wanted to like i th- i think once again I, so so both he's again it's very balanced different balancing act this film is for lucas in that he's really juggling to finish the story but he's also trying to set up stuff for like you know the original trilogy just uh-huh. so that he can say like hey this all fits inside a circle. Uh, okay, fair enough. Um, poetry rhymes. Darn right it is. That's like one of our podcast quotas. Is that we're, I mean, we're doing this sure exact is. thing for crying out loud. We're, we went from commentaries to discussions now, so why not? Um, but, <laughs> you know, he he had to obviously fit a scene. Well, there's a deleted scene, of course. There's a deleted scene where uh, Yoda actually goes to Dagobah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of lead scenes. We're not t- going to talk about those, obviously, but there's the lead scene of that. Remember, there's still that deleted scene with Shakti, she, how she gets killed, and like she, still one of the most diddled Star Wars characters ever out there. Um, <laughs> yes, and <laughs> just like my tattoo says. But oh, wow. I, I guess he wanted to like also point out how like well how how come like Obi Wan knows what a Force Ghost is. Oh, just have Qui-Gon Jinn teach him it. Huh? Oh, and just wait till you watch the, the Kenobi series when they finally... Yeah, no, guess... don't, don't watch it. Don't watch it. Oh, I heard you're lamenting that, or you're, you're whining and being triggered by that series. Don't worry, I'm aware. Yeah, just wait till our second part releases next month in January. Oh, I can't wait. That's going to be so much fun. I await ever so. Um... <laughs> oh, it wasn't fun to record. Or to watch, I should say. <laughs> to watch those episodes. Sweet. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So, I apologize, Steve. Uh, well, eventually we'll get to Star Wars that we like, and we won't be all ganging up on you with our hate. Um, but for, for one of my lingering points, I want to uh, stress uh, that I, I mentioned in our previous discussion, I believe that Hugh McGregor was pretty hot in that last one, Attack of the Clones. But I think he's just as hot in this one. I was definitely, even though I wasn't enjoying the movie, I was like, for the eye candy-wise, like, he's looking pretty fly. <laughs> Uh, Padme, Padme was downgraded in terms of her outfits, so that was a shame. I wish that we could have got that little, uh, little white outfit that she, little white routine that she was wearing that last one. True, she herself was hotter, but you're right. I agree on the outfits. Yeah, to, to keep it really substantive, the podcast. I just figured I should mention those bits. Yeah. How did How did you think, Caleb? Uh, I know everybody lambasts, you know, during the scene, uh, the Mustafar fight scene. Uh, after he cuts all the legs, lives off. I wish I could do that little that little beast guy sound. You oh, you're saying Mustafar? Yeah, Mustafar. <laughs> what? Oh, what the hell was that? <laughs> he thought he said Ubata. <laughs> it was the creature. Okay, I guess. <laughs> set the I don't, know, I don't even know. I don't even know. 
I'm, I'm not even that drunk. I don't even know what the fuck you all are talking about. No, you'd rather be drunk than what this is. I think I feel like I feel like Sean actually watched Return of the Jedi. No, when I watched. Oh, I don't know. So for to put that to rest once and for all, the creature's name is Boga. Bogus. Uh, it's it's fair enough. Uh, it's both male and female, and oh, it, it turns out it's oh, a so it's the first trans hermaphrodite character in Star Wars universe. It's hermaphrodite. Yeah, gender, Jabba. Jabba. gender fluid. Yeah. Um, it's related to the huts. <laughs> but the the species name is called uh, Verisile. So just setting the record straight okay. there. All right. All but right. I'm glad we have that book. I'll write that down. There yeah. you go. <laughs> I understand the movie now more than ever. <laughs> yeah, Sean. Sean's got to take your notes. This can come up in the finale. We write all these. Uh, with uh, when, after Obi Wan cuts, you know, uh, I wouldn't say Anakin and sorry Vader in half. What did you did you think? Ian McGregor like delivered those lines good. Do you think he did like? I, I, maybe I was. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'm just drinking the Kool Aid. But I think he actually put some emotion into the in that scene of like you know oh, yeah. chosen one yeah. regardless of like you know what he's saying i think he really did do a good job in that scene. oh I, yeah i'll completely agree yeah and in terms of uh really memorable lines i think that whole speech is really re- memorable like i feel like his performance is good the writing of the scene or at least the lines was good maybe not the scene itself but you know that was a really strong moment that's fair i again and that's 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 my my issue with this movie is there's you mix in good scenes like that or good bits of dialogue with a scene that just completely doesn't work for me. Like I love his performance, but I hate what the character is doing to Anakin. It just feels so out of place. Mm. It's very strange. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. I just I just had to ask that. And if I, I assume you weren't, do you think do you think Portman as well before her like choking scene? Do you think like she was you know give, trying to give some a, a performance there or or no? Oh, I, I think it was the bad dialogue syndrome where it's, how do you put your mouth around words like, you're breaking my heart, Anakin. You're going down a path I can't follow. I actually like that little bit, even though I agree it's badly written. I still like it for some reason. I know, I like it too. Like She's trying, but it just does not. Caleb, Caleb's just a grumpy old man. According to IMDb, this no, is I... her favorite movie um, to work on. I don't know if it's because it's the least she did in the three movies, but... You're lying. No, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. Oh my god! No, I thought that she put she tried to put all these movies, like oh no, that's her. true also. That is true also. And then like worked on like getting an Academy Award. Yeah, I think. He oh, meant- she, she, no, no, she certainly doesn't speak of these movies at all. Um, but I guess at some point she must have had an interview where she said, "Does she consider this her favorite of the three that yeah, she was part three. of?" Okay, of the three. Okay, oh, okay, that's a little bar. And I'll just say, uh, I, I don't come into this hoping to hate. You know, I, I just, I can't, I can't help how I feel. <laughs> I don't, I'm not someone who enjoys, like, hate-watching or that kind of thing. Or Like, I'm looking forward to very much getting to Solo, because I have much more positive things to say, and that's... Okay, yeah, Solo's good. I, I, have, a, I have a full confession to make. Um, oh, no, he did watch I actually... Return. Sorry, I actually watched about an hour of this, and I couldn't stand it. I hated this so much. Another DNF that I turn, I turned it off, and I watched Murder She Wrote that we're going to be podcasting about tomorrow night. Um, I can't with this movie, and I tried watching the rest, and it's bad. It's really bad, guys. It's like a bad. 
episode of Star Trek. Um, <laughs> did the I did, I did the whole runtime play? I, it's played twice while we were talking. I think. <laughs> oh, uh, I meant earlier. But. This is this is why I'm literally fatigued, not only by Star Wars but by this conversation. That's fair. Well, fuck you too, Sean. I I uh, y- you guys, Ooh. I I just don't get all of the the conflagration that you're. You should be. Engaged by the company of this podcast. You there well, you thank go. You, Steve. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. Well, yeah, that's over. That's over. Done. <laughs> Done, sir. <laughs> Done. Oh, no. This 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 movie, it just killed the, the whole retrospective. It's, oh, man. I mean, yeah, if we stop doing this, ladies and gentlemen, between unaffiliated, like, ah, fair enough. The guy who wanted to start do this is now uh, pulling out. Yeah, I know. I know. I know, I know, I know, but we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna watch episode four, New Hope. And uh, no, we're not. No, we're not. There's two films we forgot. We got to do first. Yes, yeah, Solo. The fuck. Solo and Rogue One. Solo and you. Yeah. You said chronological. Yeah. Solo comes first, and then Rogue One. Yeah, we all signed the contracts. Yeah, we're locked in. Oh yeah. No, we all we all like put blood on our like we we use blood in that ink. All right, so we're blood bound. And wh- when are these all gonna come out in twenty twenty six? Whatever you want them to happen, sir. Like we can take a break for a while, not do even though this is like, sir, sir. Yes. Yeah, we we still got uh, Suspiria Part Two, but but maybe let maybe let's move to the uh, the final. Uh... Uh, oh wait, 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 Caleb, did you uh, did you enjoy? Oh, uh, no, no. Did you? This is a small thing. Did you enjoy the cameos by Anthony Daniels, George Lucas, and his son? Oh, I certainly saw George Lucas, and I, I shook my head yeah, a little I bit. Was like, yeah. oh, okay. oh, George. Like, I love you, brother. He's trying to be like, he's trying to be like Alfred Hitchcock and have one quick cameo in his films. You know, I'll be honest. Uh-huh. I, I feel bad for George Lucas. I mean, he's been, he's taken the, the abuse like a lot of folks have with the internets these days. Yeah, certainly. People uh, pulling their internet gangs, and he he's been beaten down. But well, we have reasons. Um, but uh, <laughs> let's hold that until we get to episode four, I think. And I'll be honest, I, I I think the audience reaction to these three prequel films was one of the reasons he sold to Disney. He did not. Want yes. To do this. Yeah, I think that's right. It's yeah. absolutely the case. Yeah. yeah. And then he went back on that and was like, "Well, they're just white slave owners." <laughs> we'll get to that. Yes, I love oh. that they're white. Yeah, they're white slavers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's how you really feel, George. Well, let's move to final thoughts here, and uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Starting with uh, what, what was the order, Isaac? You, I, I'm drunk. You're not. John, no. Steve, Eric, you, myself. So, Sean, uh, yeah, final thoughts. Goodbye. Yeah, I, I don't really care. I don't really care what any of you say about it. This is a bad movie. It's bad. Pass. Hard pass, as Weird Al Yankovic would say. Hard pass! <laughs> Steve, your final thoughts about Revenge of the Sith. I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I've seen it so many times. I I don't need to rewatch it because I have it dedicated to memory. Ooh, oh, you do? Yeah. This, uh, this is uh, yeah. Give give Steve his time on the mic. This is uh... okay. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm making <laughs> I'm making fun of him. <laughs> Where's the dunce cap? Someone's uh, not I, right there. I <laughs> thought it was great. I shall fetch the dunce cap, sir. I thought it was great. I I did not. I thought you and McGregor did a great performance. I mean, some of the things I did have issues with a few things here and there, but overall, it didn't affect my overall. There you go. 
all enjoyment of the film. Um, I, I think you will all agree with me to at least to say that this was the best of the three prequels. Um, I can't. I think... Wow, okay. Uh, anyways, Sir, I think I... I, I, I oh, okay. <laughs> Everybody, just let him Go speak. Ahead, Jesus Christ, ahead, you people. I'm sorry, Steve. Yes, you're right, Sean. Where's the dunce cap for me now? I have fetched the dunce cap. <laughs> yeah, get split it in two. I, 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 I did enjoy some of the connective tissue between uh, these films and the, the, the originals. And I, feel, I do feel like George Lucas kind of wrote himself into a, not necessarily a corner, but he ran out of time. And I think he didn't dedicate the screen time to the right scenes that mm. would have made it a really great film. I like I said, I still find it very enjoyable. Still like it. it's one of my favorite Star Wars films. But I can definitely see that he ran out of time. And I, I, what was the runtime on this? I can't remember. I think it was one of the longest. Like two twenty four. I think was it two twenty four? I think it is the longest. Oh, except for the other stupid one. Yeah, last Jedi. I, I thought this was like 240. I was like, oh, I got to sit through this for 240. I was like, oh, wait, wow, it's 20 minutes shorter. Just feels long, I guess, to me. <laughs> but no, I really liked it. I didn't have problems. I didn't have a, I didn't have issues with the film that a lot of people seem to have. But I, I really liked it. And maybe I'm just, I'd never consider myself like a hardcore Star Wars fan, but maybe I am. I'm just hearing you know wow. specifically Caleb and, uh, and Sean bitch about it so much. I Hey, yo. I just don't understand it, and uh, <laughs> I I liked it. I like I said, it's not perfect, but none of the Star Wars films are perfect. It was enjoyable. Yeah, and again, I apologize. I feel like me and me and Sean and even Eric and Isaac with their bashing too dominated the mic. I have those holes. Yeah, I apologize yeah. that you didn't get as much time to. Uh... I wasn't bashing this movie. <laughs> But but anyway, who who's next, Isaac? I'm already Eric, off track. Your final, not your ever final thoughts, but at this moment in time, your final thoughts about <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, when I saw this at the movies the first time, I took my uh, Guatemalan coworker who didn't speak English, and he had never seen a Star Wars movie in his life, um, and he absolutely loved this movie. Uh, okay, all right. <laughs> uh, true story. Um, yeah, Thanks. I think I in recent years. I've been giving this a solid four out of five. Um, yeah, lady. Where's oh. the dunce cap? Um, and especially... <laughs> Eric, you have the dunce cap. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought it was for, for Sean. I, know, I thought it was oh, sorry. for... Sorry. Caleb, you now have... Uh, you get the dunce cap off. Sean, you now have the dunce cap back oh, on. Oh, no. Yeah, go ahead, Eric. Oh, crap. Um, And I remember also, and it, it still happens, not as much, but the first time I saw it, because I really loved the way it ended... I mean, the very ending, like, roll credits. And I immediately wanted to go home and watch A New Hope. Not because I wanted to, like, cleanse my palate or anything, but just because it did ultimately get me excited to, to re-watch the original trilogy after I watched it uh, originally. And, uh, yeah. I, and Okay. And I'm not... I, I know I can't help it, but it's true. Um, certainly watching the clone wars especially the end of the clone wars series uh it it definitely just helps it's a such a great sell for the the prequel trilogy overall and that has certainly made all the films a bit better for me like all these years later 
sometimes 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 I want to make I want to make buffalo cheese enchiladas and I'm like, "Oh wow, I'm going to go online. I'm going to look up a, a recipe for buffalo cheese enchiladas." And oh my god, somebody's there. And you know what? Before I get to the recipe, there's like five pages of commentary. When I make buffalo cheese enchiladas for my family, my sons love it. My husbands mm-hmm. love it. You can make this for Christmas. And then there's the fucking, that's what you just said. Right there. Aww. Aww. I thought that was going to be funny, but you said, oh, oh. Well, I get what you mean, but no, of course I'm mean. I don't give a shit. I'm a fucking. I'm a fuck. You're a oh, Sith. I, You're a Sith. I actually said I know what you mean, but I definitely seen those articles. Like, just fucking get to the recipe. I didn't come for your life story. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care that you served it to your vegetarian in-laws. But... Well, I'm definitely gonna post a transcript of this on the Fargo message boards. Oh my god. Oh, but but who's it's me next, Isaac? Is it is it me? Me, me, me. Caleb, I got my hand up. <laughs> final thoughts at this point of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, it's this is. I wish I could say this is my least favorite Star Wars film. Unfortunately, I can't. Uh, things like the holiday special and that yeah, Last <laughs> Jedi exist. <laughs> but this is definitely at the the bottom of the barrel. I I really think that this just it killed the prequels. That's that's why I can't. Even though I think this is maybe the best of them, and part of it is, the other part of it is so bad that it makes them all pointless. So, so that clearly can't make it the the best of them, in my opinion. Go ahead, give me the dunce cap. Oh, sorry, you're not done. <laughs> no, I pretty much am done. Uh, I just, no, I just think it's amazing that, uh, you know, like anything, like, like that people can see something like this, and some people will think this saves the the prequels, and then. Another faction can say this kills them. It's just it's remarkable to me. Yeah, we talked about it with Avatar too. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. You can watch one thing and see it completely different. We already have. <laughs> it's not even out yet. Oh fuck off with the oh god. <laughs> It'll be out before this comes out. Certainly. Yeah, it's coming out on Monday. But uh, Isaac, just take it away. I, I I've, I've said my piece. Essentially. I don't know Eric why you want the dunce cap. It's still on Sean, but okay. Um, so I oh, will. Oh, it's on Eric now. <laughs> Sorry. Why? I don't think he's sitting somewhere. I thought, because I was like going to... I don't know. Okay, now it's on me. Hi, hi, Isaac. Your opinion is wrong. Now it's on me. Hi. Okay. That's that's fine. Uh, Okay. Uh, So I largely agree with what Steve said about how, yeah, George Lucas ran out of time. And again, I I can only view this movie not as a fan anymore, but just look at it, like, read between the lines and look at, like, what Lucas was making himself. I think that's a little more interesting and keeps things flowing. So, like, if I ever do watch the prequels again, I'm not going to... So I'll never watch this again. If I ever watch it again, I'm still going to have that mentality of looking at it from, like, a meta perspective of, like, what was Lucas trying to do here? Uh, Instead of, like, treating it as a story. Because, largely, I I don't personally uh, like the story of this, of, like, the whole prequel trilogy. I don't think it's utter garbage. I mean, unlike, you know, some people here. But, like, it's just, I don't agree with it. And it's one of those, like, hate watch. Like, I, I don't want to hate watch this. Um, so, yeah. really, I, I'd only watch this again uh, in the interest of you know, just if somebody asked me to. Uh, but I, at that point, I would just, again, look at it from, like, a meta perspective and just say, this is not what I how I thought from the original trilogy things were going to go play out. Um, this is, But this is certainly what Lucas wanted to make. And 
he made it. Like, I know it sounds weird, but, like, Lucas made it. Um, it's it's so fast. Like, obviously, he was pressured, and there, there was a lot of bumpy roads, and he received a lot of backlash uh, and a lot of criticism during, before, during, and after. I don't know before, um, but during and after. And so, like, but he's, he's somebody in Hollywood where he actually got to make his own, like, film. Now, I'm not, like, praising him as, like, you know, this is this, this great filmmaker that we misunderstand i'm not even trying to say that but i think just like in terms of a a person who wants to make films he got to do that he got to remake his films now may, again maybe my sorry if i'm like making this all seem you know a little over the top as it is because this is what caleb said this all this all these prequels were was to just make money so it's like yep. he, he didn't really give a rip about you know the story or anything like that so it's like well there you go that kind of shows that he really wasn't thinking of the story firsthand uh rather than when he first was making the story in 77 but that's like here and there it's funny i did do something similar that eric did um after 2000 like after our, my dad took me to see it we came home and he's like let's go uh let's go watch new hope to see if it like you know all goes in like like flows together and i'm like okay and i watched new hope and i was like yeah it doesn't work like uh now i'm not saying i hated the film for that reason i as like 11 year old of course i love the film uh, initially, like just for all the action, and as a eleven-year-old would do, and I, you know, used used it to like fuel my fan fiction and all stuff. I played with like not the toys, but I, I metaphorically played with all the characters in my head. It was great. I made like storylines for them. It was it was wonderful. Um, but I will say, ending ending this this episode off, I will say I was moved a bit. Um, I don't I don't know why. It just got me. I don't I don't know why. Watching it again, I was like. Why is this so getting to me? I think it's just the isolating scene itself, but, like, one, we go to Alderaan. That's okay. Like, you know, hey, guys, you're going to get blown up in, like, 15 years. Good luck. Wait, um, uh, uh which, which scene was getting to you? Yeah, I'm, I'm explaining it. I'm explaining it. Just, oh, sorry. Just, like, Guns. I've never... <laughs> it's fine. Um, I don't usually get, like... I don't know. This is weird, but, like, when I saw, like, Leia and Luke as babies. I don't, I don't know why, but there was something so pure. Like, maybe you separated by all of it. Separated from the whole movie. Those babies were so cute and adorable. I don't know why. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, sorry if this is so random and maybe creepy, but, like, those babies were so cute. Uh, or, I guess, the same baby. Well, I think Obi-Wan... I think Obi-Wan said... Or, you and McGregor said they were puppets, weren't they? <laughs> Probably were. <laughs> <laughs> no. They were both... They were both a boy. <laughs> oh, that's cool. No, seriously, Obi Wan. I mean, you and McGregor said on like some talk show that his hand was animated. The, uh, the puppet. Interesting. Oh wow. I, it's okay. I I I thought the babies were ugly because uh, I hate babies. <laughs> that's fair. See, I thought uh, I thought maybe with Isaac was soothed by the Uba. No, 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 this is at the very end. This is after that. I'm not <laughs> oh. talking about that. No. Because that always stuck with me, that bit. I was always like, what the hell is that? <laughs> really? Explains <laughs> uh, so much. All right. Bless you. Um, but, but there was something interesting when we see uh, Uncle Owen Emperu, you know, in Tatooine as, as Obi-Wan goes over there and gives, just mm. randomly gives them... I think it's not similar... It's a sunset. Yeah, it's, well, it's not just that, but it's like... I mean, it, it is like, you know, it's poetry, it rhymes. We'll see that in A New Hope. Yep. But I think it's... 
don't know if it's the equivalent to the scene where Anakin and Padme are like looking like from a distance from the Jedi Council, uh, the Jedi Temple, sorry, and then from her apartment. I don't know if it's equivalent to that, but I I, I will appreciate. I do appreciate that scene. I, I don't know why. Um, maybe for the filming or or whatnot. Obviously, like it's meant to say, hey, look at this. Um, but I'm like, I don't know. I just enjoyed seeing that and just. <laughs> You just go like Obi Wan goes up to Baru and is like, "Hey, here's a baby. Have a baby." <laughs> yeah, like that's kind of funny. Okay. Just hands it off. <laughs> I don't know how it was done in the novelization, but like free baby. Like, why not? I like that. Yeah. I, I like that bit. So <laughs> why not? I'm infertile, so might as well take it. Oh <laughs> no, but Isaac, you, you just remi- you just sound like to me like this is what's happened to me as I've gotten older, and it gets it's been getting worse for me the older I get. Like what you're describing, I have had that feeling with a lot of different movies that I've like revisited over the years, and 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 also sometimes with newer movies. And I don't know what it is, but it seems like you've been infected by this thing that infected me like 15, 20 years ago, because um, this comes over me at odd times um, with random movies. Is, is there a topical cream for that, or? I don't know. <laughs> I don't way. know. Do you want? Like, but it, it's it feels really irrational to me because I to me I feel like Spock. I mean, especially in my younger years, I felt more like Spock. But the older I get, I feel like my human side is just like metastasizing or something. Oh I don't yeah, know what's going on? And and I get like weirdly sentimental with certain nostalgia movies or new movies that call back, like when I was watching Maverick, and then I start getting tears at weird moments. Um, bizarre. Oh, when I was when I was watching Karate Kid two. Oh fuck! When uh, Sato makes his change, even though it's so stupid, it doesn't it doesn't really make sense in that movie. Oh, I was welling up big time. I had some tears going when he's like, Miyagi, I'm so I'm sorry for how I acted. I was like, oh man, he's so sorry. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! If you want, fuck if you watch the Cobra Kai series, it'll 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 multiply all these weird emotions by a hundred. And I'm so glad you brought Karate Kid again because I meant to bring that up in my final thoughts. Because <laughs> oh. like like Karate Kid, <laughs> when you can like look back at it retroactively and, and say, hey, Daniel was the bad guy the whole time, and 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 Johnny was kind of like the good guy who got shit on. Um, oh. it, I didn't really realize until I got until many years passed after Sith came out mm, because I didn't fully understand. I never understood. The um the separatists uh back when I saw these movies originally okay. it's only in, like right. the last five years I began to understand what the hell was going on with the separatists and everything mm-hmm. and and it really hit me more this time that like yeah you could really see how the separatists were like the good guys in in this whole prequel saga and it really it was the Republic being pushed by Palpatine who were really the aggressors really. Like in the in the grand scheme of things for these three movies. Um, that's great. I'm done, <laughs> guys. Stop talking about this movie. I'm done. <laughs> oh, I got. I I just have ten more things to say before we. Oh finally, Jesus! Uh... Quite great. No, Isaac. Isaac, you can wrap it up. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm going to reference this a lot in the future movies. See, see, watch. he keeps doing it. No, it's a good. If you could wrap it up, if you'd like, uh, if you'd like to bring us home. With any final words of uh, wisdom for us as we uh, venture out into the world? <laughs> well, Sean, death is a natural part of life. Until mm, mm. <laughs> next time.
Yeah, six months in the making, this one. That's how long since since we did... Uh... And it, is it a year since we did Phantom Menace? Because I was looking at my, my uh, letterbox diary. January. Wow, chant. Wow. That's crazy. That's, yeah. Holy smokes. Better than our last commentary. I think I tried scheduling this like seven times, and each time it fell apart somewhere. <laughs> so glad it's finally happened. Now we can finally move on to the good Star Wars after this is done. Did you watch the extra <laughs> yeah. stuff that you were going to watch before when we were scheduling this? Or did you just only watch the movie? Oh, fuck. No, I'd completely forgotten. Uh, it's okay. I was just wondering. <laughs> ah, shit. 